Time to call a credit repair. Hello, good evening, and welcome to another Sunday night live edition of the BCSN Sports Wrap. I'm Brian Fulford. That's AD Drew, and it's good to be good to be here with you, Drew. How you doing tonight, my man? I'm doing fine, my brother. Doing fine, man. As fine as fine as a man can be. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Just watching a little bit of this. Uh, NFC championship game, fly Eagles fly. Uh, just hoping that the uh, we don't get any late game shenanigans with under three minutes left. Fingers D- define shenanigans. Shenanigans would be a <laughs> pitchy pitchy woo woo that turns into a touchdown. Uh, Somebody deciding not to defend a running running back going towards the end zone. You know, that anything like that that could result in more than 38 points. And right now the Eagles are are up uh, 31 to 7. And uh, we don't want 45, Drew. That's the magic number. We do not want 45. So for those who know, they know. But uh, we played the we played the under we played the right sides, well at least you know for the first fifty seven minutes we've been playing the right side, Drew. We don't, we don't know what the final three minutes have in store for us. But you know, Brian, for you saying that you don't want that under, there's somebody who's out there who wants that who wants it over. Yes, there's always some there's always somebody who's out always played the other side. You know, that's just the yeah. nature. That's just the nature of what this uh, uh, game is like. But uh, tough break for the San Francisco 49ers, man. Uh, having to go to the uh, sixth string, fifth string quarterback after the fourth, third fourth. and the fourth string quarterback. Well, I was saying they had to go to the fifth because the fourth yeah, got knocked Caffrey out did after come the in. third got knocked out. Right. Exactly. Caffrey, Caffrey was the fifth string running back. Fifth string, yes. Yeah, this is for a playoff game for the opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. This is not how you want that to play out, basically. And and think about the the arc of the Eagles, right? Uh, while we're talking about it, they go from winning the Super Bowl, right, where mm-hmm. they literally had a young quarterback 
uh, in in Carson Wentz, who was an MVP caliber, right? Got hurt. They go to the backup, the most improbable backup story, uh, you know, and Nick Foles winning a Super Bowl. Uh, and then they almost for the next three seasons try to rebuild them, rebuild themselves. You know, they drafted, <clears throat> they drafted Jalen Hurts in the, what was that? The second round? Second round. Yes. He was a second round pick. Yeah. Drafted him in the second round. And really a lot of people questioned whether he would be a quality NFL quarterback. And, those of us who had confidence in him, all you did look back and say, man, this guy has been a winner. Uh, he was a winner. Uh, graduated from Alabama where he was a winner. Uh, no. With the Oklahoma. No. They, yeah, yeah, he did graduate and he finished his last season at Oklahoma. You are correct. Yeah, yeah what were you saying no to? I thought you said he graduated. I forgot uh, he actually did actually graduate from uh Alabama did finish out his eligibility at Oklahoma. So yeah, you are correct. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You jumped yeah. the gun. Let me let me let me be wrong all the way through I'm before sorry. you jump the gun. I'm sorry. I'll I'm gonna let you <laughs> I'm gonna let you host the show. I'm just gonna sit back here and push buttons and hope I don't push the wrong button. Like the mute it's button. All no, it's, it's all good. Man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's all good. Jalen Hurts though. Props to Props to Jalen Hurts, man, going to the Super Bowl, and so are the Eagles. My mother's, my mother's favorite team, man. Shout out to, shout out to, uh, shout out to the Eagles, Philadelphia. Fly Eagles, fly. And so, uh, coming up a little bit later tonight, for those of us who are watching our show, will be the AFC Championship. Uh, so that'll be interesting. That'll be interesting. So we'll we'll do our thing, and we'll be kind of scoreboard watching. On the side. Special, Shout out to everybody who's Chiefs playing. Oh, yeah, yeah, your your Chiefs, uh, your Chiefs, huh? That, that, is that is that who you've adopted ever since? Now that St. Louis doesn't have a team, I adopted the Chiefs when the St. Louis Cardinals left St. Louis. So I'm not a fly by night Chiefs fans as some of the other uh, people have been. You know, not a Patrick. I'm not necessarily a Patrick Mahomes chief fan coming in in the the last couple of years. I go all the way back to when Todd Blackledge was the quarterback for the Chiefs. That's probably a name you haven't heard in a while. (laughs) Pre-Joe Montana with the Chiefs. Right, right. Wow, true. That's a... Like some time, definitely. Uh, Got to give a shout out to uh, the folks who were already in the uh, in the chat rooms. Uh, let's see, HBCU Band Talk three hundred five. Tamara T. Uh, I noticed I saw Chuck Hunt there already on the Facebook chat feed, and uh, many others. We appreciate you jumping in early. Um, please go ahead and hit that thumbs up button where you are encourage others as you see more people coming in joining in the discussion i'm sure we'll have more people jumping in um and uh we'll we'll get into uh definitely a lot of hbcu talk here and we'll keep our eye on these uh championship sundays and we'll go from there so uh hey follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at my bcsn1 the number one it is our 25th year of 
trying to bring black college sports content to the to this thing they call the internet, Drew. It's the you know it's the same at, that uh, famous folks use. It's the same internet small time broadcasters use. It's the same internet we all use. You know, uh, we all drinking out of the same fountain off this off these internet streams. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but same sometimes... freaking Kool Aid, man. It's the same Kool Aid, man. <laughs> you 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 didn't even you didn't even let me get you didn't even let me get comfortable in the show yet before you hit me up with this one, man. I, well, I, I figured I figured we were gonna lead the show, uh, talking a little bit about the latest update because you know, see, last week's show. The news uh, that Ed Reed would not be retained, or uh, what do we call it? He 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 wouldn't be up for consideration. That was the news last weekend. So much has happened in the days following that that uh, I figured we had to start with that. And uh, yeah, so we'll we'll kind of we'll kind of start there. Uh, on I think it was Monday morning, maybe Tuesday, maybe it was Monday that uh, athletic director Bethune Cookman University athletic director Reggie Theus did an exclusive interview with Vaughn Wilson of HBCU Game Day. Was it Monday or Tuesday when that dropped? It was, it came. It was Tuesday because they were on the road Monday, so it, it was Tuesday. Right, came Tuesday morning. Dropped. Tuesday I thought it was a very good interview. Tuesday afternoon when it dropped. Yeah, I thought it was a good interview. It it, it really gave uh, Theus an opportunity to express and clarify. I think it's the first comments that we've heard from Theus regarding uh, what what the situation really was from his perspective in terms of. Uh, a lot of it we even speculated. You know, why was Ed Reed there? Did Ed Reed sort of jump the gun? Uh, you know, the whole a lot of people making a fuss about his office being cleaned. Well, you know, you probably weren't supposed to be there. Just stuff that we kind of speculated on, Drew. That kind of stuff kind of was confirmed in that. Um, you know, some of the personal attacks that Theus uh, took from Ed Reed. I found that interesting and uh, in, in how he took that. But but really, he gave you a great perspective as someone who's in a position of hiring, in a position of leadership, uh, to sort of say that, uh, you know, look, I, and I, I've maintained here in this whole thing that Ed Reed became unhinged. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people have looked at things like the Roland Martin interview, that he did uh, and, and, and looked at it from certain angles. I certainly look at it from the angle of, I think Roland Martin let Ed Reed talk because the longer you let him talk, the longer, in my opinion, he looked unprofessional, unprepared to be your head coach. And first, man, that was all about rating, ratings, man. Well, he, you know, it's fascinating. In every Roland let Ed Reed create a soundbite that got raised. Did you go and watch it? 
Did you watch the Roland I watched show? the whole I, I did. I went okay. back and I watched Ratings. every I watched every Ratings. segment. Ratings. Well, I mean, look, okay, what what does that mean though? What what do you mean ratings? I mean, aren't you aren't you isn't he there telling a story? He, he, he yes. What did you but, want? No. That's what you want, but without I'm trying not to get deep into it, but sometimes as professional journalists, sometimes you may have to cut people off or at least attempt to cut people off before they put their foot in their mouth. Roland, why is that Roland not, Martin's job? Why is that his job? Just like the the person who runs out on the field during the middle of a of a basketball game or a baseball game, they cut away from that for they cut away from that for a reason. They cut away from that stuff for a reason. So Roland could discourage the reason why people right, do it. Right. Roland Ed Reed did not need his fifteen minutes of fame. Ed Reed has had. His 15 minutes, your 15 minutes, and my 15 minutes of fame. All right? So, but sometimes you have to at least attempt to get people out. Now, you can't, you can't stop what come out that bad mouth. But, when, like, when, when Ed Reed started cussing, for instance, and I'm just going to take it at that, Roland Barton was like, uh, Reed, this is, this is a... Uh, this is a show of a certain level. We need to refrain from that language. Well, but he's Did on the he, internet. Ed Reed, still, he's on the internet. But even he's still, it, even still, no, no. But even still, being on the internet, we don't get on here and cuss. We on the same internet. We don't get on here and cuss and talk about all different, all different kinds of stuff like that. We may accidentally drop a bomb, but we don't go on a tirade. So. You know, he could have just reminded him. Let's keep it professional. Let's, re- let's refrain from the language. We do have, we do have a diverse audience. But is that's that just one example. Ed Reed? That's not who. But that's not who Ed Reed is, Drew. That I and, I, and I'm, but, I'm, I'm I'm telling you, that's what I believe. Roland let you see Ed Reed, and the good and bad of Ed Reed is the good is you saw the passion, but the bad is you also see that. He wasn't media savvy like a Deion Sanders or some other people like like the person like the like the interim president who came on before him or um, I would even say even some of the student athletes from Bethune Cookman who came on later in that show. Yeah, because Ed Reed was speaking from an emotional standpoint. So don't bad tweet. Don't mad tweet, don't mad email, don't mad call, don't mad interview. I, I agree with you 100%. 100%. But Ed Reed did all of those things. You know, <laughs> he did all those things. Now, where was Ed Reed's people? His one boy was right there and still didn't get a... Brian, let me tell you this. Did a if horrible I job. Ever, that guy did a horrible job. Hey, wait a minute. Matter of fact, we've had some times in our 30 plus years of knowing each other where we have had to pull the other one out of stuff like this 
before we run our mouth or before we do something stupid. And I'm going to say right here on the BCSN Sports Wrap, thank you, my brother, for saving me. Because this boy did not save him. His handler or his uh, his, BD, his BDL person or whoever he was did not, did not stop him. So I'm going to thank right. you for stopping me in the past. Cause I, I, cause we've all had that that time where we've been ready to fly off at the hand and say something. But see, that, that comes from that comes from a that comes from a place of you know, if if let me just say this: if Ed Reed and Roland Martin had the kind of relationship that maybe they were close, I'm, I'm not talking Roland about Roland probably Martin would have. I'm talking. I'm talking about. Well, no, no, no. I'm, I'm just using story. the example. Okay. Well, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, I get, I get what you're saying, but, but it's, but it's hard to, you know, at, at that point, it's already loose, you know, the, 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 uh, yeah, the guy, I get what you're saying. The guy could have said, "Hey, Roland, can we go to a break?" Uh, and then, yeah, probably they could have come back. Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. They, he could have, he could have stopped that. But then again, how much? I don't know that guy. I don't know what his media training and how savvy he is you know what i'm saying there's a lot uh, of he that, sounded, that he sounded intelligent it. when he got on the thing even though he spit out some information because he was trying to refute some of the stuff that uh that ed reed was uh, was saying when ed reed started right. talking about uh the grambling job and prime offered him the Jackson state job yeah. and, and, and i all and all oh that uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. Oh, my God. Here's the thing. Someone should have had the conversation with Mr. Reed before he went on that interview, during that first break, and so forth. Ed Reed, if you ever want to work as a coach anywhere, we need to spend this in a certain direction. You, We messed up. But we need we need to control this span of this right now. That was not it. If you want to continue to be able to raise good money for your foundations, because I, I I guarantee you, unfortunately, the good causes that he is working on with his foundation are going to be impacted by these last two weeks. So if you want to do right. good by your foundation. We need to control this. We need to make lemonades out of this lemon that we have right here. We right. can't continue to right. sour the conversation and be the bitter black man, the pissed off black man. And yeah, well, other black men really past that. at a black institution. And Brian, here's the thing. And I, I, I may have told you this analogy. I don't think anyone here is wrong. I don't think anyone here is right as far as the facts of the situation. Now, how the facts have been handled have been wrong. Brian, you're on the interstate. You're driving 70 miles an hour in a four-cylinder Honda Civic. I'm riding down that, that, that same interstate. I'm riding 70 miles an hour in a Cadillac 
escalate. You've got an 18-wheeler riding down that interstate at 70 miles an hour. What's the fact, Brian? We're all going 70 miles an hour, correct? Yes. Here's the difference. Because of where we are an SAT sitting. Question. This is like an SAT yeah. prep question. Go yeah. ahead. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but because of where we because of where we are all sitting, our perspectives are mm -hmm. different. And that 70 miles an hour feels different because of the vehicle that we are in. And the vehicle that Great we are analogy. driving. And Great analogy. I'm gonna throw one I'm gonna throw one more thing on you. If you are that brother standing on the overpass. Watching these cars go 70 miles an hour, which those are those sideline fans, your perspective is even different and than the ones who are feeling the force of driving 70 miles an hour in their perspective vehicles. That's what I that that's what I mean by I think the facts are the facts, and the facts in this situation are true. But perception is reality. Perspective is perpetual. What you see and, and your, from your perspective is how you deal with this. Some have done it right. Some have done it in a not, I won't say right. I won't say right or wrong, but some have done it in a handled it in one manner. Some have handled it in another manner. And I guarantee you, everyone has thought they've handled this in the right manner, including Ed Reed. Ed Reed thought he was right with what he did. And I can't I can't take that away from that man, whether I agree with it, whether I disagree with it. The university president thought he was right in the way he handled it. The athletic director thought he was right in the way that they handled it. Uh, let, let's talk about the the next day or two and what kind of came out because uh, an interesting video had come out maybe about Thursday or maybe Friday morning showing not quite the town hall meeting that Roland Martin was trying to uh, push for, but more of a meeting with the football players, the interim president, the athletic director, uh, football alums, other prominent alums, uh, and uh, former coach Alvin Wyatt. And at first that I'm watching this video, Drew, which came out, I, I took note of where it came from. It came out from BCU Communications. And as I'm listening, to, and then it more, also it was narrated. So it was like a 60-minute piece, uh, so to speak. You know, it was a package, packaged video. And I was like, oh, look at Bethune-Cookman controlling their own content and message, making sure that, oh, we're not going to have some uh, – uh, we're not going to let someone else come in, i.e. Roland Martin. We're not going to let someone else come in, control the message, control the video, uh, we're, we're not going to let, we're not going to do any Instagram live because we've seen how disastrous that had been. <laughs> we're going to video record it 
and we're going to, you know. Edit it and put it out for content. Publish it. Edit it and publish it. Now, there were various parts of that that, you know, you, you come across hearing, uh, and, and, you know, we'll talk about it a little more in depth with our good friend Mo Carter in the second hour. But there were parts of it, Drew, that kind of had you scratching your head like, did I just hear that? And there were other. So uh, when you listen to that produced piece, what did you catch that kind of caught you or maybe whether it made you chuckle, whether it made you shake your head or whatever emotions you had? Uh, what were parts of that produced piece that, that you came away with kind of kind of bewildered by or maybe amused by? First of all, maybe somebody at Phil Cookman was listening to our show last week because we said this was one of the things that they needed to do when you, I, and Dr. Cavill were on the show. That you need to get it, you need to get it here and get your PR team on top of this immediately, which Bethune Cookman mm -hmm. did. It took them a couple of days to right. get themselves organized. And, but when you think about it, I think Reggie Theus got back on campus Tuesday. I think this event actually happened Wednesday, and this piece came out Thursday. If I've had my timeline correct, Brian, and you can correct me on that. Yeah, either Thursday or when I saw it Friday morning. So if it I think, came out I think, Thursday I think, night, right? I think it came out sometime Thursday is when it came out. But it may have been Friday. But you had to get all your players. You had to get everybody on campus. So. Great job, Bethune, coming together, coming up with a plan, and controlling the spin on this. Now, sidebar, Brian, why can't we do more stuff like that as HBCUs, period? Not just when something bad happens to our HBCU. Why can't we do that with some good stuff that's happening to our HBCUs? That's just a sidebar. Well, I'm, I'm sure there's stuff. There's there's some stuff out there, Drew. I mean, I but you, but you gotta you have to go looking for it on the school's websites. Uh, you know, you you're, buried buried you're, on you're buried a, on a few pages. Well, I, look, it, it, whether it's buried or whether it's just on a page that we don't frequent or talk about often, I mean, part of it is out there putting the message out. When you do stuff like that, who promotes it? You know, how does it get promoted? Uh, so yeah, I don't want to yeah, say, but let's not, let's not fall into the dangerous trap of what Shannon Sharp did and just assume that things aren't being done or don't look no, a certain I, way because no, I, 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 I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that, but it's good to oh, see okay, that okay. that was out there. <laughs> no, it, it would be nice to see more, more things like that come about, uh, when positive stuff happens to our university, not just the whole PR team gets together on something negative. That's just, from where I say that, that's just that perspective. But here's the thing, Brian, and you and I talked about this. Now, we need y'all to win. And, and I'm paraphrasing. I'm paraphrasing <laughs> there you go. We, we need y'all to win. All, all the losses wasn't no Coach Sims. Y'all, y'all the ones who had two two wins last year, or something along those lines. Very candid uh, yeah, that's a... and direct from the president. We go, we we go do yes. what we got to do to help y'all. We working on the practice field. We working on X, Y, and Z. 
But y'all got to give us some W's. We want y'all to be students first. Then, then we want y'all to give, y'all, give us some W's. It's so many words. That's what he said. Yeah, that was that was. Uh, I I had never heard a president be that honest, and that's probably, you know, who knows if do you really want your president being that honest? I don't know if that was a good look. Uh, certainly, it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. I Brian, found he's it the interim. He can get away I, with that. You can get away with that when you're the interim. You can't get away with that when you're the full time. Look, I, I'm, I'm, I told you, I like petty. I'm, I'm all for the petty and love mess. And so when I heard that, I, I can help but chuckle a little bit. And uh, you know, they had former NFL players there talking to guys, um, which I guess in the circumstances is good and bad. You know. Um, those guys seem to maybe say without saying that, hey, our conditions weren't great either. But you know what? We persevered through it and we came out on we came out better for it. Uh, I don't know if they were saying that exactly, because I, I don't know enough of the circumstances and, and what kind of conditions. But here's one thing I, I am wondering, and I don't think I've heard anyone say this about BCU, right? Like the one or two times I've driven over there, I know there is a or was a field there with a goalpost. Now, I don't know if that's where the band practices or where the football team practices. And then when everybody's talking stadium, are they talking about municipal stadium where they play their games are? If yeah, so, that's where they practice that. That's where they practice. Okay, so so if so, that stadium is probably a 15 to 20 minute drive on the other side of Daytona heading west across I-4. Oh, no, I-95, excuse me. So it's literally, you know, Daytona, BCC sits closer to the the beach and the coast, whereas if you head west, you have to go past the Daytona racetrack to get to the stadium where Municipal Stadium is. So you're saying they practice there. And that led me yeah, to another thought. Daily. How, yeah, so how do they get there? What is the transportation they, they, like? They have to transport them. I, who is they? The university has to. Players, bear that school, expensive, university? The university has to bear I, the expensive transport. Yeah, so see, I, I looked at all of this. and then Which is, which is an know, expense. So, I, I'm sure, but it goes to the whole painting of the picture that I don't think enough people asked. And that's because I don't think enough people have been to the campus. You haven't been to the city. So you don't really know what's going on. Every, You know what I'm saying? So uh, it's, it's really challenging. It's really interesting when you peel back the onion, when you peel back the layers on this. There was a lot of, I mean, people are mad and upset about some of the questions and questioning and things of that nature, but there's a lot more uh, questions, which you you didn't have to have, there was more that could have come out over the past week and a half, Drew, that I'm surprised has not, and I don't think people have a clear understanding of all the conditions. You know, I, I really don't. I don't, you know, 
I mean, we hear we hear some stuff and it sounds like, oh no, you know, there's mold and there's this. And I'm like, but wait a minute, where where is all this? What is the what is the transport like? How are they transported there? Not everybody drives. I'm sure you got some underclassmen who don't have vehicles. How is how does all this work? You know what I'm saying? So when you hear in that produced piece, the AD say that they they and when he says they, you know who he's talking about? The city of Daytona Beach, because that's who owns and maintains and operates that stadium, if I'm not mistaken. So right. if he's saying they're investing $3 million in improving things in that stadium, that's who he's talking about. And I guess they're in, you know, working with BC. But, there, but there's just a lot of things that I, I felt like, you know, if we really – and I've seen a lot of videos coming out. People are asking all kinds of pointed questions. But I don't think people are asking the right questions or the questions which give an understanding. You know, like, if Drew, if you were going to explain to somebody about going to Florida A&M, you can't just tell them, you know, hey, you know, you're going to be living on the beautiful – south side of campus and then there's the set blah 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 and then if you're a school of business and industry that's over on the uh west side of the campus you would be doing that person a disservice if you didn't say oh yeah let me tell you about these monstrous hills that your ass is gonna have to walk up (laughs) i'll be doing you a disservice if i told you you were what you will wear through three to four pair of shoes per year because of the heat (laughs) right and the heels right yes so you know, you can't. That, that's what I feel like is going on. I feel like we're hearing all these stuff, but we're not hearing about the journey from A to B and B to C. Yeah. Just sidebar, Brian. I, I, most of us at, in Tallahassee didn't have to worry about getting our freshman fifteen because we walked off that freshman fifteen on that campus that freshman year. You didn't have an opportunity to get your freshman fifteen to use about a junior. Yeah, my, my 15 became a junior 15 once I got a vehicle. And then all of a sudden, it was like, oh, I'm yeah. able to drive to every happy hour and eat 50-cent chicken wings like there's no tomorrow. That's when my 30 picked up. Damn, 15 is <laughs> more like a junior 30. <laughs> yeah, we could get a freshman 15 because um, that them heels. Yeah, I'm a freshman 15, boy. You stay fit in Tallahassee. Uh, so, Drew – uh, needless to say, that wasn't all the news um, because uh, you had some, you know, there was a little bit of discussion that went on. Do, do, can we get can we get into that part? Uh, we've it's kind of thirty minutes into the show. Can do you, are you ready? Is the question now? Now uh, I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know any of this was going on because you know, just kind of as the way my week goes and the way things go. Um, you know, I, I I wasn't aware all this was happening. So, uh, it, it give some background and detail and explain. Uh, oh, you got the tweet. Okay, so I'll let you. I'll turn it over and, and give it to you. All right. Uh, there was a tweet by a prominent African American media person, and some of you all who follow me on Twitter or have seen this been that's been retweeted uh multiple times you can see how many people have uh, viewed the tweet uh it's been retweeted and liked uh, many a times responded to 
our good friends over at HBCU Nightly. HBCU Nightly invited this person. Hey, come on over here, holler at us. You know, we have candid conversations. Any of you all who have been on the HBCU Nightly platform on Twitter Spaces know what they do, and they do a damn good job at what they do. They welcome in all people, whether you're uh, HBCU alum or not. If you're if you're positive, if you've got something good to spend about HBCUs, we have good, candid, open, and honest conversations on that and i'm just glad they give me a few moments to speak in their platform when I, when i do uh, have the opportunity to log in and have you you, you haven't been on uh hbcu not these twitter spaces brian i i have listened to the twitter spaces before yes okay yes 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 so and, and you have some very very passionate hbcu people in that space so you know, you know, just reached out. Hey, hey, come over here, holler at us. And this person tweeted, "Why would I come over and have a conversation on HBCU nightly when I have my own channel with over sixty thousand followers? Why would I come over there to talk to two to five hundred people?" at a time <laughs> that kind of that kind of set wrong with me man that really lack of a better word pissed me off i'll just say it i'm like gonna go full air read on you but I'll, I'll give you that much uh your comments before i get any further in, into this any comments so far I I don't know why you hiding people's names. Uh, you know, I mean, hell, because uh, I refuse. We, we, I refuse okay. to say his name. I refuse to say his name. Oh, we we're doing okay. So we're I, doing that. We're I not saying his name. I don't want to give that man any more publicity than he already think he got. Okay, he who shall not be named. Okay, we'll, we'll go. We'll go. Harry Potter on his ass. He who shall not, not be his, named. All right, go ahead. Now he's been mentioned in this show. As part of a news segment, but he would not oh, be yes. mentioned as part of yes. this segment. He All right, who shall not be named? Okay, so Voldemort. We call, anyway. Go right. Ahead. This that that's what led <laughs> me to post this tweet right here. Mm -hmm. Some of us have been doing this hashtag HBCU stuff all of our lives. Some of them use hashtags HBCUs as opportunists. Those who do not cover hashtag HBCUs all the time tend, excuse me, those who do cover HBCUs all the time tend to get the story correct. Others come and go and do it only for ratings. The true hashtag HBCU community has your back. And I shouted out HBCU nightly, hashtag one love, because he, he actually added HBCU nightly in his tweet. Now, mm. here's my problem. You talking about a cousin, a friend of the family. Right here, my brother. You know, we as a we could we could talk about each other in this HBCU family, but you can't come from the outside and do that. 
Now, we, you know, whether we get on, whether we don't get on. There are a lot of us in this HBCU space who are doing a good job. First of all, shout out to uh, Mr. Eric Moore, RIP, probably the, the grandfather of people covering HBCUs on this space we call the internet. Rest in peace, Mr. Moore. Then you've got those entities that have been around since before the new millennium came around. Got the Black College Sports page. You've got Honored In. You've got HBCU Sports by way of the SWAC page where, where it originally started at. You've got the Black College Sports Network. All who are, were around before the year 2000. Some of us have been doing this stuff all of our lives. Then you've got the newer stuff. You've got your HBCU game days out there. You've, you've got many other, you've got an organization that you and I are a part of, HBCU Pro Sports Media Association that we are a part of. You've got, and then you've got this new thing that's come along in the last few years called Twitter Spaces, where people come and, and do their thing in there in more of an informal format. Twitter Spaces is the old swack message boards with, with voices. That's what all it is, Brian. It's almost like internet radio. Yeah, it's almost like internet radio messages. With, yeah. Without somebody pushing a button, you know, without all the call-ins. Yes, that, that is exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. You've got people like the pregame show, who, by the way, has about as many followers as you talking about over there, Mr. Brother, with your own TV platform. <laughs> I, 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 I'm just saying. You and I have been a part of the, the, the pregame show. We were there from the infancy with that. When those, when those guys came up with that idea. We produce some of that stuff. Some of that content that they do. Dr. Gaville. Excuse me, sir. Have you Googled Dr. Kenyatta Gaville? We're not talking about inside the HBCU Sports Lab. We are talking about we are talking about Dr. Cavill, the man before I met him. Every time, every time I did some research about HBCU and athletics, every other time this man's name came up. He knows him. He knows who he is. You know, and and there's many and there's many others who are out here doing and and I, and I know I'm blaming even a whole lot of people out. You got, you got Tyler Carl, you got Vaughn Wilson, you got Steve Gaither, you got our guys, Charles Bishop, Mo Car- Carlos Brown been doing, doing this forever. You know, we, I could go on and on. Mike Washington, uh, Charles Edmond, people have been doing this stuff forever. And you gonna diss somebody who lives in this space? Yeah. I got a problem with you dissing somebody who lives in this space. Ken Rashad, you know, all all of them. I got a problem with you dissing one of those. 
people. Trevor Jones. Uh, and, and, and I'm really not trying to go off any further. Here's what I'm going to say, Brian. You know the one thing that all of us have in common? All of those people who I just named, including him? How do you find us, Brian? On the same uh, freaking internet. The same freaking internet that he is on, we are on. You don't have a TV deal anymore. You're not on national TV anymore. You're not on cable. Hey, hell, we got an app just like you got an app, my brother. My <laughs> JBN slash my BCSN, go and download it. You don't have that that we don't have. But you too damn big to come talk to us little poor man down here. Yeah. Yeah, it pissed me off. It pissed me off. Yeah. This this is what I'm gonna say. Bruh, you can't come into our hood, our space. If this if the HBCU is our hood, you can't come into our hood talking that noise. And you damn sure don't come on the BCSN block talking noise. Because HBCU Nightly and all those guys over there, Super Dave and all those guys, are like are like our cousins to BCSN. So, watch your mouth, my brother. Watch your mouth. We, we these these Twitter spaces ain't nice. These Twitter spaces ain't nice. And when HBCU people gang up on somebody else, you don't want to be on the other end of it. And I'm just a little man with a platform, just like you. Same YouTube, same Twitter, same IG, same Facebook that you use to reach your audience. But you better than us. I want. Mm. I, I, I want to. I'm just gonna say blank, please. Y'all know the word that goes in there. Um, yeah, man, uh, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just <laughs> wrap by saying, Drew, it's interesting that, uh, we can go as far back as SWAC Media Day. And, you know, I don't recall, you know, whether you <coughs> or me, I, I don't recall either of us. I know I didn't. I took a picture with this brother. Over, I oh, spoke to him, That's and right. really? I took a picture with this brother. It was not a pleasant experience, but I I walked up here. Come on, I go ahead. Get, let me go ahead and take this picture. I don't. I already well, I'm, asked I'm you. Curious, and, and, and this, did you go I over to his? Yes. Did you I go over, over to his area, area, or did he come over to where we were? Now, of course he wasn't coming over to where we yeah. was, man. Well, I, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm that's what I that that's where I was going after with after he that. called himself being smart and took the spot that we was at last year. 
And yeah, we wound up in a better well, he spot. Noticed, he noticed where we were last year. He noticed where Invitation we were. Imitation is the year. best form of flattery. These are spaces. Yeah. You you trying to figure out I, I'm not how as, to get in this space. I'm, I, well, well, you know. Anyway, he I I, I just uh I'm a, I'm amazed that uh, there's a there's a certain power play that comes with that which you know it's like you know I, th- put it like this the humility of and this is what I like about people like I had the pleasure of meeting the legend Charlie Neal the real the real GOAT in HBCU broadcasting right very humble very open to 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 talking with us you know yes he has his platform he's working with hbcu go tv but he even had took time to come talk to us because i think he understands that yo we grew up watching him we're doing all of this because we saw charlie neal do it first and with the excellence that he did it at right so you know, um, but he never, he never made, I mean, even, even he's come by, if you've ever done a, or been at a game where Charlie Neal broadcast, Charlie Neal will come by your tailgate if it's near the entrance. He did that at FAMU, came by the tailgate and hung out and talked to us. A man of the people. I don't think that other guy, he who shall not be named, would have done that. Um, uh, you know. Might might have got some barbecue sauce on his daishiki or something. I don't know, but he he wouldn't have came and 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 broke broke bread with us, probably because he'd be in a hurry, have to get on to the next airplane and do the next thing. That that's just my personal opinion. I could be wrong, but just off of just off of things I've heard, things I've seen, you know, that kind of. Uh, you know that that kind of ego uh, has its limits, and you know I, I enjoy the content. Sometimes the content of what he's trying to do, uh, but uh, you know, uh, eventually you'll end up rubbing and running people the wrong way. Uh, that's all I'll say. Let's go to a break because. I know coming up at the top of the second hour, we got Mo Carter joining us. And we got to talk, as disastrous as things are at Bethune-Cookman, I got to talk about what's happening over at Albany State and this whole story surrounding Marcus Stokes, uh, a young man uh, who made a horrible mistake, but uh, somehow... Uh, one particular HBCU uh, is uh, too good to offer him an opportunity uh, to uh, to redeem himself or play at their school. We'll talk about that on the other side. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap with Brian and AD. We'll be back in just a moment. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time to call a credit repair company to fix my credit. Hold the phone, man. You can do it yourself with Credit Versio. That's way too hard. Call the credit repair company. Most credit repair companies only work on one or two accounts at a time, making it slow and expensive. You won't figure that out for months. <laughs> Ignore him. Credit Versio's brilliant software scans all three credit bureaus, finds the accounts that are hurting your score, and guides you through the entire process. Anyone can do it. Let's fast forward and see the results. Wow, I fixed my own credit and saved hundreds. You can do this. Visit creditversio.com. At CDW, we get speed as the new currency of success. Our team spends way too much time tending to outdated applications and software when they should be focused on driving application agility and innovation. CDW Amplified Development Services modernizes software and application development to help accelerate innovation and digital transformation. So you mean building new applications, UI, and mobile interfaces? Well, you said you needed to innovate more quickly. Oh, so he's a listener. To do more at scale, trust CDW Amplified Development Services. This is the BCSN Pod Zone, your place for the news, views, and conversations about all things related to HBCU athletics. Here are the BCSN Sports Wrap, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, Knights of the Round Table, The Pregame Show, The Carlos Brown Show, The ONG Strike Zone, and more in one place. We are changing the way. You consume HBCU sports one broadcast at a time. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk, chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Pika in downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Oh, we've got a good thing going. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com.
right, welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and AD here. Um, coming up here shortly in the uh, top of hour number two, Mo Carter, WZDX in Huntsville, Alabama, sports director. Also, if you happen to be watching and listening to the uh, Tuskegee Miles showdown in uh, Fairfield, Alabama, on the campus of Miles College, uh, you heard Mo Carter doing play-by-play and uh, Dr. Cavill's inside the HVU Sports Lab co-host Charles Bishop uh, doing the color commentating. Uh, those two guys did an outstanding job. Um, Drew's uh, Tuskegee Golden Tigers won both games. Uh, Golden Bears came up short, but it was a, a great atmosphere. Uh, and that was part of our Super Saturday coverage where we had five schools playing. Uh, I believe we had a total of eight games. Was it eight or seven? Was it seven or eight? Uh, two, three doubleheaders. Eight. You had three doubleheaders and two singles. Eight, yeah. Yeah, uh, so uh, eight games. That's men and women's basketball on Saturday afternoon that was streaming on the Black College Sports Network and HBCU League Pass Plus. So hopefully you got a chance to watch that. Uh, we appreciate all the eyes that uh, that had a chance and uh, really enjoyed. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the super, the super Saturday player, which gave you an opportunity to kind of flip between games, in-game. So... Really cool features, um, continuing to uh, to to advance the uh, the opportunities that you have to watch HBCU basketball. You and, mean we uh, have technology can... to do that, Brian? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, we do. I, let me get off that subject. We're on oh, we're on the get, same we're on the same the internet, time. Drew. We're on the, uh, ain't, ain't we're got on the same, same internet, features? so okay. <laughs> yeah, so uh, you can all you can continue to help us. <laughs> grow you can go to my uh jbn.com uh, or uh hold on let me make sure i get it right here because i'm gonna i'm gonna mess it up drew uh i i know you can what's the I, look i'll get it right i know you can donate to the show via cash app uh dollar sign my jbn my bcsn you can also if you're on youtube you can leave a super chat uh donation you can do that as well uh, you can go to mybcsn.net slash grow, and you can uh, continue to help us grow and advance uh, the network and what we're doing. And so we appreciate all of those uh, donations and support and the effort uh, to help continue us going. Uh, before we get to Mo Carter coming up, National Signing Day is coming up on Wednesday, Drew. Did you know? Did you know? February one starts the National Signing Day. Were you? Are you ready? Were you ready? Did you know? I am ready. Yeah, it's one of those things that kind of uh, I think is is not as hyped because the early signing period is is a thing, and that this year was the week before Christmas, or heading into Christmas week, I think. And so, uh, you know, the the big fuss that used to be, I mean, we grew up where February 1, the first Wednesday of February was a really super big deal. Uh, and then, of course, they added in this extra early signing period for football. And so I think some of the, uh, what, what I want to say, some of the luster and some of the excitement 
of the national signing day in the spring is uh, a bit reduced. But uh, as it comes, as it relates to HBCUs, you know, I I saw on Twitter a site called uh, Kelly Flicks uh, release a rankings, more of a top 10 rankings of, you know, the national recruiting scene. And so, you know, if you're not familiar with the Twitter handle, Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y, F-L-I-C-K-S-S, um, that's the that's the Twitter page that uh, releases or has released HBCU rankings. Uh, and they do give a definition or sort of tell you who some of the top names are, how many five-star, four-star, three-star players uh, these schools have. But according to their rankings, number one is Jackson State, uh, who appear to have two four-star recruits and uh, several three-star guys. Number two, Florida A&M, with several three-star guys. If I look at my numbers here, I mean, I'm getting old, Drew. I'm having to actually lean in and zoom in here on my notes. So that's why, you know, if I'm looking this way, it's kind of like, how many? What is that number? Uh, But anyway, uh, number three is Grambling. Grambling listed with uh, seven three-star guys, one behind Florida A&M. And they actually have Alcorn State at number four uh, moving up their ranks. Alcorn has a four-star and a couple of three-stars. Now, number five is Morgan State. Now, I just saw – did you just see somebody post in the – didn't Morgan State just lose Ty Wheatley, correct? Well, yeah, of course they lost Ty Wheatley. They have uh, – uh, former Bowie State uh, head coach uh, over there Wilson. at Morgan State. Yeah, Damon. yeah, Damon Wilson now. He is – Damon Wilson is at Morgan, and they are ranked number five according to this site. You can go take a look at their top ten. But I thought I'd just kind of look at their top ten and then kind of go through 247 sports. Many of people are familiar with 247 sports. Their top – 200 rankings among all Division I schools. Of course, those schools in the FCS are still Division I, so many of them are on this list. Uh, Jackson State is ranked 127 on the 247 board, followed by Florida A&M at 144. Interesting, Texas Southern comes in at 149, according to 247. And then you see Alcorn State at 171. So those are the only four HBCUs in the top 200. I thought I'd also make a note here that North Dakota State was ranked 160th, and South Dakota State, the defending champions in FCS, is 171 and of course South Dakota State and North Dakota State played in the championship game correct of the FCS just this past what a couple weeks ago matter of fact probably 
Um, yeah. And so you see right there, Jackson State, FAMU, Texas Southern, all with higher ratings uh, than North Dakota State and South Dakota State. And Alcorn State is sitting right there, uh, you know, neck and neck with South Dakota State. So it'll be interesting to watch as the final numbers come out after uh, Wednesday. So, um, and I guess it's your comments you want to add there. Well, okay, let's go ahead and bring in, I guess, there on recruiting. Let's bring in, I guess, we'll just have, make it to have a three way conversation since he's uh, All right. here All in right. the waiting room with us. All right. So, uh, joining us now, uh, good friend of the program, Mo Carter. Uh, as you said, meaning at WZDX in Huntsville, Alabama, sports director, Mo. Good to see you again. Good to hear you again. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing great, Brian. Good to talk with you as well. Good to see you as well, um, AD, since I just saw you less than 24 hours ago. Yes, yes, yes. Did a great job on that game yesterday. Uh, uh, call it a great rival game there. Great atmosphere that we had in Knox Wyndham Gymnasium on the campus of Miles College. And that's a, Brian, that's what, that's what you call a fire marshal game. If if they let well, one more body in there, the fire marshal's probably gonna be in there and say, "Shut the whole dog old thing down." Facts. <laughs> it, yeah, Mo and I were talking offline after the game, and we were trying to figure out like what was the what was the capacity number you you uh you, you shared with me, Mo, on, on what that uh, uh, Knox Wyndham is on. like twenty two hundred for max. Uh, twenty two hundred where? Yeah. That's what they put seats well, on the saying, floor. That, that's what they have listed on their website. <laughs> that's if that's if you use the floor space. You could probably get twenty two hundred in there. You can't get twenty two hundred in the bleachers. You know what? I didn't even think about that. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, now that's crazy. Who would who would do that? I mean, uh, so I mean, you got so assemblies, you got graduation, and stuff to like 1500. that. Drew, are you I wouldn't saying even it's give closer it that fifteen hundred. I wouldn't give it no. that much, Brian. I'm just be I'm I'm just being real with it. That you, you might be talking a thousand people. You only talking. Let's see. There are no end zone style. There are no end zone bleachers behind the goal, as I call them, the end zone bleachers. And you're talking on the side behind the benches. You are talking maybe eight rows of bleachers. On the opposite side. Twelve to twelve to fifteen rows, tops. Oh wow! With with That's hallways, it, with hallways intersecting the bleachers, so it's not like you even have a full bleachers the length of the uh the length the length of the basketball court. And a Bo pointed this out during the uh, you see the Bo Charles pointed this out during the broadcast. You know, there's a short porch between that inline and that wall. Very, very short. You may, you may be talking four feet between the inline and the wall. If put it like this, I don't even know if, if there's even a photographer. That. I think it's more like, I think it's like yeah. two, maybe. <laughs> if there's a photographer there taking a picture, Nobody, you, you can't take pictures under the goal because if somebody shoots a layup and there's a photographer there, they have nowhere to land. I mean, it's it's a great atmosphere. I'm not knocking 
Knox Wyndham Gymnasium. Don't get me wrong, everybody. Uh, I'm not knocking it because it's, it's, it's our rival. But it's a it's a bad box gym. It's a it's an old school. If the, if if that gym was in North Carolina, it would be an old school CIAA gym. Which they do have still playing in some of those CIAA style gyms. That's why I said that. It's yeah. a, it's a it's an old school CIAA style gym. Mm-hmm. Well, regardless of all um, that, it was packed to the brim. I'll tell you that. And then, uh, as I mentioned on the broadcast, someone told me how there was still a line of people outside, hoping that you know somebody was going to leave, and then they could go ahead and you know get in admissions wise. But on a even though those folks may have not been able to get in or whatever, I was also told that a lot of them had phones out and they were actually watching the broadcast on VCSN. So kudos to them for, you know, still getting a chance to check us out on the broadcast of a pretty great game. Well, really a great pair of games because the women's game was just as good as the men's game. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, fellas, official attendance was listed as a thousand. Oh, wow. Okay. So that that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, Mo, that that game we talked about. Well, I I don't want to go too deep in the woods on that game. I know we talked about possible other sites and in you know where other locations that that game could have been played at. But um, I'll be curious to see in the future uh, how Miles adjust to that game in the future. You know, uh, maybe as resources become more available to Miles, you know, that maybe renovations to the gymnasium. It would have to be, it would have to be a trade yeah. It would have yeah, to be it, would, it would definitely oh, have to be in Bill Harris, just like AD said when he was, you know, when he was doing the Tuskegee stuff. And there were several years where that game was set for Bill Harris. From my knowledge, apparently the timing of a potential decision just was a little too late in which they weren't able to, like, make it happen or whatever over at Bill Harris. But figure like this. If both of these teams are really in the running and in the top ranks of the SIC come next year at this time, would not be surprised if they, you know, try to at least scope the spot and be like, all right, let's have you guys on hold or whatever, and then let's make a decision going into, you know, whatever is coming up. I didn't get a chance to look and see what the city of Birmingham schedule was for this week, so I'm not exactly sure what events were going on at Bill Harris Arena and um, and the Crossplex or whatever, but apparently it was just a scheduling conflict that, that prevented that game from being moved over to um, to what we used to be called Fair Park Arena, now known as Bill Harris. And, and one last thing on that. This is the first time probably in over a decade that both basketball teams have been competitive at the same time. For the last 10 to 15 years, it's, it's been either or. Rarely has it been both. And the intriguing thing on this one is not only were both men games and both men's teams competitive, but also both women's teams are competitive and at the top of the conference. And as long as I've been a part of that rivalry, I cannot recall a time where all four teams who stepped on the court were essentially playing for, fir- for the winner was going to either take over first place or solidify themselves in first place where it was it was that competitive where 
uh, all four teams were in the top three of the Western Division. I, as long as I've been around that rivalry, that's the, that that was a, a oddity. Um, Mo, we got a lot of things that we wanted to kind of get to you. Uh, we got your time while we got you here. Um, first thing up, um, is you know we we. You know, we were kind of recapping earlier the whole latest episode of the. I feel like this is a part three or week three of Ed Reed and Bethune Cookman. I mean, you know, we've gone from the initial. Uh, let's see, this is in stages here. So we've got the uh, we got Ed Reed on campus. Uh, then we have the uh, the 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 cleanup. Then we have the. Uh, <laughs> what we got the uh uh part two the was uh Edron James visits campus and the well the rant was part one, wasn't it? When we call okay. rant was part one, the part one, and then the follow-up rant was part two uh of of one. <laughs> then we move on to the second second stanza, which is uh Edron James visits and and then uh then we have uh, uh the fourth stanza which is they, they don't want me anymore on recruiting weekend then we have the fifth stanza, which is Rolling comes to town and everyone does interviews. Everybody does interviews. And so I, I would like I would like to, you know, I think from someone who is in the business of covering sports, uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts on I, I guess what you've seen the media coverage and the play out, not just from Rolling. But, you know, obviously from Roland came the HBCU game day interview with the uh, with the president, uh, no, with the AD. Yeah. yeah. And then and then the, to the uh, to the prepared package that BCU communications put out late in the week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I, I just want to kind of hear your thoughts and perspectives on that as someone in the business who tries you know, to cover all sides, give everybody their 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 opportunity and their and their uh, cover it from a journalistic side. What was your what was your takes on everything? Well, Brian, I'm not going to take a deep dive into this primarily because even though yes, I'm in the sports journalism business and I'm at a television station, clearly I still don't know all the facts. I'm going off for what I've been reading, what I've been seeing, what I've been doing. Um, when it comes to research and whatnot, but clearly I'm not down in the Daytona Beach area, which is a part of the Orlando television market, if I'm not mistaken. You know, and I've seen some of the things they've um, done with clearly, uh, hate to say it like this, even with all that happening, even some of the Orlando television stations who have been covering it, they're still a little bit behind the eight ball because they're kind of going off of the impact of what they've already heard and seen, and then they're kind of trying to play catch up in this scenario. Um, I mean, clearly, yeah, it has been, you know, a nice storyline, drama field slash soap opera-ish, little days of our lives type stuff there, you know. Um, rest in peace to Stefanol, if y'all know who I'm talking about with that one. Um, but, yeah, it's it's been a lot. It really, really has uh, been a lot. And, you know, even the, the Bethune-Cookman's piece that they put out the other day with the meeting between former players, current players, and the administration, yeah, that was nice, well and dandy. But I also feel like it was a little too late for that 
as well. Just in my opinion, when I kind of like just look at the whole scope of everything. So now I almost feel like if you're Bethune-Cookman, it's kind of like you have no choice but to move forward and trying to make some positive strides if you're the administration. If you're the football players, you know, all right, hey, you've heard our whatevers and stuff. Let not let's not be satisfied, but let's kind of you know keep things going. Let's have some type of updates to kind of see what's going on with maybe student advisory committee, or also let's kind of stay in contact to like you know let everybody know that okay, this is cool, you guys are making these strides, but at the same time, we need to see a little bit more. What I will tell you this, Brian and AD, we need to really really pay attention to the month of May. That's when the next transfer portal time opens so keep in mind of that and let's actually kind of see how many guys will hop into the portal at that point in time clearly when the portal was basically closing up or whatever you had a lot of guys who didn't know who their coach was going to be following coach sims you know uh, going out as the bc coach or whatever and ed reed technically had not been hired just yet so you kind of leave a few guys like, should I stay? Should I go or whatever? So now they have to kind of stay through spring and see, okay, we want to stick with this or do we not? So we need to really keep an eye out on that when the portal opens once again. And if you see a lot of guys hop in there, that means that apparently they're just not satisfied with what's going on down in uh, Daytona Beach. But if you don't see a lot of guys, maybe a lot of those players are like, all right, we're going to buy into whatever they're trying to feed us and help us out with to move forward, and then we'll see what happens from there. Can I ask you a follow-up on that, Mo? We what's know Wednesday, Wednesday is National Signing Day. What do you think the impact of national signing day and what kind of signs will we be able to get out of signing day as far as possibly seeing you know do we see big numbers i doubt if we see big numbers without a coach having been named before signing day so and and especially you as a former football player what do you think national signing day will be like for Bethune? what can we as fans of wild of the wildcats read out of not only national signing day but the couple of days after national signing day quite frankly i don't really know what to expect come wednesday because the first thing i'm thinking about is this is that they never ever really named an interim coach so i have no idea who's even running the football team right now or at least has an upper hand for being what you would say would be considered a chaperone for the football team at the moment. So with that being said, even if you have guys who would have been committed to BCU or whatever during whatever time and whatnot, like who did they even send that paperwork to on Wednesday? Like who they can they truly, truly say, okay, this is gonna be, uh, be the person I'm signing with or whatever. Because the other thing you have to think about is this, and we've now seen it more and more. When you have changing of coaching staffs or whatever, it's no guarantee that the current players on the team will be held over to the next side if they don't see that they are a true fit or a true need for what the actual coaching staff, um, you know, is going to implement or also is going to have in place moving forward. So quite frankly, AD, I have no idea what to expect on Wednesday. And we may be in a situation where, you know, Bethune's not only going to have to play catch up, but they're going to literally have to, you know, find some diamonds in the rough beyond signing day, um, which is on this upcoming Wednesday. Um, 
question hasn't been asked? Like of everything you've heard asked and said, what what hasn't been asked? I mean, I, I had some thoughts earlier about questions that I still have. What, what if you hear the whole story? What haven't you heard that you would like to hear someone ask of somebody who could answer, i.e. Reggie Theus or the interim president or maybe even a board of trustees member? Well, just what I just said. Who the heck is running the football team right now? I really want to know who is running the football team. Seriously. Um, and you know what? Whoever Edwin Moore, he makes a good point. Are there any football coaches even around? Like, that. That is something I really, I think really want to said he, they left a couple of people there to run the ship. But like you said, mm-hmm. Bo, who, who is that person? I mean. Yeah, they never ever announced who coach? those people were. Is it a linebacker coach? Is it is it a grad student who was there who's trying to become an assistant coach somewhere? I mean, that's different kinds of levels of, of coaches. Correct. Because I know right now, quote, unquote, it is the off season. So, you know, most of the work that's being done by the players is through the strength and conditioning coach, which, you know, we all know, you know, strength and conditioning during the off season is key and it's also vital. But still in all, like, because of the NCAA changing rules, especially since I played, you know, 15 years ago now, wow, I can't believe it's been that long. Um, it, you know, you still have a chance to now meet with your position coaches and kind of go over some little chalk talk things or whatever, not at long lengths, but at least you're able to kind of go for some things, especially with spring coming up. So that's why I really, really wonder what in the world they have in place. Now, another question, they, um, Bethune-Cookman's interim president, along with Reggie Theus did say that they will have a coach on deck very, very soon. How close is very, very soon? That's what I really, Are we really talking want. Or how soon? It, it, no, seriously. I mean, I'll take it even back a little bit further. Remember in the early 2010s when Alcorn got rid of um rid of their coach before they hired Hobson. Hobson didn't come on board until like the late spring, if I remember correctly. So, yeah, we hope it's not something like that. I mean, especially with National Signing Day coming up. And you also have to have spring football as well. So there's a whole lot of things I really do wonder uh, whatever about that. And clearly there are other ins and outs because they are a private university. We can't really request certain things. Even from a journalism standpoint, I cannot request certain things because they are a private institution in that scenario. So clearly there are still some questions about the vision and the future of Bethune-Cookman that I think not just people like myself in the business are wondering, but football fans and HBCU fans are wondering as well. Um, let's trans let's transition over to the curious case or the or, or the 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 story about Marcus Stokes. Uh, but maybe this is more so a story about an apology that he, new head coach Quinn Gray of Albany State had to issue, and I say had to issue uh, because by all reports. Uh, upon offering young Mr. Stokes a scholarship back on the 24th of this past week, which was Tuesday, I believe, or Monday. Uh, let me see. Today's Sunday. Yeah, it would have been Tuesday. 
Uh, he received a, he tweeted out that he got an opportunity to play, uh, had a scholarship offer from Albany State. Now, I believe yes, Quinn Gray had just done his introductory press conference. Press conference was Monday. I don't even know. The, huh? Press conference was Monday. Monday the twenty Monday the twenty third. A week from a week from tomorrow was the press conference. Okay. So the next day, you know, that's when apparently the offer went. Stokes tweeted it out, picture of the logo, Rams logo. Uh we'll talk about this also because he also another HBCU uh within a day, was it maybe was it a day after or the same day, also offered him a scholarship, apparently. Uh, that being Alabama A&M. So we'll, we'll talk to Mo about that in a second. But uh, so Stokes, who, for those of you who don't know, a young man, five-star recruit out of the Jacksonville area, uh, got uh, recorded himself, got caught doing dumb stuff, what teenagers do, recorded himself reciting, or I don't even know what song it was, but made the mistake uh, with with the lyrics that are in music these days, we all know uh, the N word was in it. He didn't he didn't he didn't censor himself on video and made the mistake of it going out. Yeah, didn't censor himself. So he ended up having an initial offer from the University of Florida that got pulled. He got canceled. Obviously, cancel culture got in and you know canceled him. Uh, and, and whatever scholarship opportunities he had at even other schools, nobody wanted to touch him. This was back in November, I think, or maybe early December when this whole thing came out. So time has passed, right? Quinn Gray gets the job. Quinn Gray, uh, got to find a quarterback, right? Got to find a quarterback. Right. Got to find somebody. So y'all, Quinn Gray is a quarterback. Uh, a legend at Florida A&M, you know, uh, taught quarterbacks at Alcorn State and a few other places, uh, a head coach at Tallahassee Lincoln. Uh, so, I mean, the, the man knows what he's doing with quarterbacks, right? right. Uh, offers the young man an opportunity. Apparently, that didn't sit too well with Albany State President Marion Ross Frederick, uh, who, by all accounts, uh, was not happy that Quinn Gray had offered him a scholarship. And so I'm just going to, for those of you who did not hear, uh, I, I, don't, I hate to even read this whole thing because reading it is humbling, to say the least. But if you have not read the Quinn Gray apology, on your first week of the job, to be smacked in the hand or on the rear the way that Quinn Gray was smacked on the rear by President Frederick is humbling. And to me, I would tell Quinn Gray, if I was a confident of his, I'd say, Quinn, keep your head on a swivel, on a swivel, and be ready to take the next offer that comes to get the hell out of Albany State if Dr. Frederick is still the president. Because if that is the level of trust, and if that is what's happening so early in your career oh it's gonna be tough going forward mo i thought hbcus were the place of redemption i thought that's where a young man could go to find himself what do you make before we even get into alabama a&m offering him what do you make of this whole story uh of quinn and then drew i want i want to i want you to get in there too after we hear from mo 
So clearly you kind of just broke it all down or whatever and whatnot. Um, guy got, I hate to say it like this, caught up in the moment, rap song comes on or whatever and whatnot, and he says, you know, the N-word. Clearly, we already know how derogatory that is just in general, but to also hear from someone that's not of the regular race, well, that becomes another situation just in uh, general. And, you know, cancel culture, the way things are now, you just kind of have to just, you know, I hate to say it, sometimes really go go by it or whatever and whatnot. So, you know, you fast forward and then you get everything with Albany State. And, yeah. I mean, like you said, Coach Gray definitely, you know, looking for a quarterback or whatever. Like, you know, this guy was one of the best coming out of his class in the situation. Sure, there's a little baggage. Well, I say little or whatever. Depends on who you look at. It might be a lot of baggage, but there's a little baggage or whatever with it. And I'm not saying that he needed to really go and, like, get permission to, like, offer this kid or whatever and whatnot. But I guess it's just one of those things where it's kind of like, okay, you know there's going to be a risk with certain things, especially from an administration standpoint, possibly, because it's such a, a big notion. I like how you pointed about the redemption story thing or whatever. Um, and I'm not telling Coach Gray he needs to go or whatever and do this and whatnot, but maybe this might have been a situation where, all right, hey, you know, you go maybe talk to – athletic director or someone else be like, look, we understand the situation and whatnot. And we've talked to the kid. Hey, he's remorseful. He's very, very sorry. And like if, if you kind of had that story to go with, whatever, I think the situation would have been a tad bit different in all honesty, but clearly it wasn't. And that's not what um, the administration down at a university wanted in that uh, scenario or whatever. Like I said, personally, I don't know the young man who is going through all this that's at the quarterback position. Personally, I've only seen everything that everybody's been talking about, quite frankly. So at the end of the day, it's like, you know, you just really don't know in that uh, scenario. And it now it continues to be a messy situation. But if someone could turn around and be like, okay, redemption story, it could be a good thing moving forward if you line your ducks up in the row correctly. What what's your what's your take on this, Drew? As someone who covers the SIC D2Football.com, you're very familiar with the Albany State culture, maybe more so than me uh, and, and Mo. What what's your take on how this played out? I, I would go back to more of a athletic culture. I wonder if there was somebody who was playing at Albany State who went to Coach Gray and said, that's my boy. I went to high school with him or, I, you know, we played in those seven-on-seven leagues together or something like that. And it's not, it's not what it looks like. I wonder if that's how he got that in into that or – whether he and Gray possibly had crossing somewhere in a 707 camp or quarterback camp or, you know, it's like it's not like when Gray is coming out the woods to coach. You know, he's, he's been around and he's been doing a lot of different things when it comes to a high school and collegiate uh, coaching. So I'm just curious as to how that relationship just, just even came about. Let's start off with that because – that's that does not seem like the you just go pull out the portal or pull out the air and just go sign that kid. 
nothing nothing mm-hmm. against the kid, but given everything that surrounded that kid, because I I'm pretty sure quick, uh, Coach Gray did his homework and do where any time any time you offer somebody, we hope that you do your homework. We're not just talking about this kid, but any kid, because we all know all it takes is signing the wrong kid in any sport, and that's your job. You already put your job in the, in the hands of eighteen to twenty-two year olds who go do something stupid when they get on campus. Anyway, that's just what that's just what kids do. That's just what college students do. They go do something stupid. So you yeah. know, you you, re- you really have to make sure you do your due diligence. Now, anytime a college president gets involved in athletics at the micro level. That's never a good thing. And this is a college president getting involved in athletics at the <laughs> micro level. <laughs> it is never a good thing for that for that coach. It's, it's even less of a good thing when you haven't even been there long enough to get your first paycheck. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> right. That, that's true. So, that's true. You know. This uh, and no disrespect to uh, Coach Duckworth, I know Coach Duckworth is the athletic director. This kind of puts him out there, like this is this is who you hired. This is who your committee came up with. This is what the athletic director and the search committee came up with, and this is the first decision that he makes. It's going to make everyone take a pause. Mm-hmm. Everyone stopped and took a pause. Now, full disclosure. The athletic director at Albany State is Caucasian, uh, and, and this that has nothing to do with it. But just just so everybody knows, and and he, and Coach Duckworth is a great guy. I love Coach Duckworth. Known Coach Duckworth for did you know him when he was over at uh, Huntington uh, there both when he was coaching basketball in Huntington? Yes, I remember when okay. he was at Huntington. Okay, so so you know he 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 he's very he's a very good guy. You know doesn't see black white anything else all he sees is athletes and academics that's all he's ever that's all I'm he's just ever saw about to say that too yeah the uh, uh christian guy but we are in south georgia i stay 45 minutes from albany state campus i'm gonna say that again we are in south georgia the money that possibly goes into albany state from the boosters and uh and everybody else are probably a little more conservative so somewhere there was somebody who writes a check with a comma maybe two commas in the check who has the president's personal cell phone probably said "Uh uh-uh oh hell no we can't do this one we we could do a lot of things, but we can't do this one. If you gonna if you gonna get my check with a comma and my season ticket package and everything else that I do for this institution, and that's probably what it came down to. It probably that was. Everybody everybody wanted to do this and wanted to give this kid a second chance because that's what we do at HBCUs. But no one is gonna put how they feed their family on the line. For a kid that they don't really know. So, 
That's all. That's what I have the, to say about it. The inter- the the interesting line that is in the apology, uh, and again on you know it got tweeted out uh, from Gray, and again this is this is not even a full week on the job. Um, whereas Quinn says, I I mean just just the fact that you have to let me start with a humble apology. It's like you just were on. I mean, I heard a lot of great people say a lot of people saying great things about his press conference, right? I talked to him two and weeks ago at a basketball to, game. Yeah. So you're starting off with let me start with a humble apology. Um, as I say to our players, quote, there is a consequence to every action. The consequence the consequences of my actions brought pain to our university. I was trying to help a student get back in competition. And in my haste, I did not consider the impact the decision would have on all of you. Frankly, it wasn't my place to use ASU as the platform for redemption in this case. I regret that. I use flawed judgment. If given the opportunity, I will do better. Can can I respond to I, something I, in there? As I said. Oh. Yeah, no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I want to respond to something in the uh in the chat. Edward Boyle brought up uh brought up a point. Say am I saying conservatives care about who uses the N-word in any context? It's more about where to be, it's more about where you where you grow up. For instance, if you possibly grew up in like L.A., which is a belting pot, where you've got black, white, uh, Hispanic, Asian Americans, certain words get used in those communities and get used in a change. And nobody cares what color you are. If you grow up in D.C. or Chicago, there's certain words, a certain language that gets used and no one cares, cares about it. I grew up in St. Louis and there was certain, there was certain words, certain language that was used up there. And when I moved to the South, to Tallahassee, everybody looked at me like, that actually came out your mouth. Do you understand what that was? But down in Tallahassee, that what I said was offensive but how i grew up in st louis it wasn't it wasn't anything and what i mean about conservative down in the south because of the south that southern culture that the culture in, in that area and and we could take any city there are certain things you can say and you can do that's it i i'll give you the, i'll give you an example and not to do with race you know because i because i grew up in the cold it wasn't nothing for you to wear your hat inside where i grew up at wear a hat inside when you get down in the south back in the oh, day yeah they uh, uh, you understand what i'm saying but brian where we grew up at it, it was cold and you would walk in and, and you would leave your hat on because it was cold and you need your head to warm up even more before you took all that stuff off and, it, and it's the same type of thing it's, it's all about culture and what maybe where he grew up around his people that may have been cool 
but he got to a different area and other people say especially with everything that goes viral and you can post it now what may be cool in la what may be cool in chicago what may be cool in dc st louis dallas somebody else in another part of the country is gonna get upset and get offended by it as and it's gonna go viral because they're offended by it that's the difference now between back when we grew up and today where everybody has one of these and you have to remember you have to think about every time you walk outside take somebody like you both who's on tv you got you you have to be careful even when you just out with your family why because everybody has one of these mo carter was doing so and so and so and so next thing you know you're not at fox 54 anymore and all you were doing was going about your daily life but somebody catch you doing that one thing that they don't agree with they post it they send it to your fam to your to your boss or, or whatever and your whole life is ruined that's the Absolutely. problem that's the problem i'm sorry i'm on it today man nah, no man you, because you, you bring up an absolutely great point he makes a great great point or whatever and i'm glad you kind of mentioned the thing about you growing up in st louis and then how things were there but then when you come over further in the south because you know you both went you know you you got your ties to both tuskegee and st louis and just up south. yeah exactly but clearly it's not as far south as you know the schools you you know you attended all currently where you actually uh live at so no i totally get what you know what you're saying or whatever with that and you know what's also interesting i'll add to your narrative about how you say whatever with california and i mean of course yeah i've got you know a few relatives out there and whatnot i've run through that same situation and look you can even go a step further so you know um clearly i'm pretty sure everybody's familiar with like you know if you go to an oriental store or an asian store or something like that and for a long time i was hearing people say oh the ching store the ching whatever and stuff well it did not take me until i worked with a young lady who was full-blown japanese several years ago and i asked them like hey when you you know when you or your people or your relatives will have heard that or whatever like what exactly are y'all feeling she was like notice how other people use it but you don't hear us use it or whatever because it is derogatory you know she was like i and she literally told me it's not as bad as saying the n-word or whatever she literally said it just like that but she also said is derogatory statement that's why you don't hear many people in asian culture roughly say that but you hear it elsewhere or whatever with that so like now when i hear anyone say i'm like hey don't don't say just say asian store or oriental store or whatever because clearly you don't really know what you're saying and they're so humble they're not going to tell you you know they're just not but i've had conversations so now i like truly truly know in that sense so yeah you wrap it all around it's all the same stuff but as an 18 year old coming out of southern louisiana you didn't know any better because absolutely not you hadn't been around and what we call Chinese food, I'm not even gonna say over the air when you say you're going to get no, some Chinese don't. food. What what where you going? <laughs> but until until I got grown, I didn't realize that that was that that it wasn't cool to call it that place. No, I totally yeah. get what you're saying. It, it it was not that cool. Let, let me ask about the culture thing here because Mo as as drew did a great job of breaking down the culture of south georgia well the scholarship offer that he also received was from alabama a m uh you know and we got to believe that 
hey, as much as we believe Quinn Gray uh, is an up and as a former quarterback who knows what he's doing with quarterbacks and the impact that he could do with a uh, young man of his caliber, Connell Maynard or whomever offered the scholarship uh, to Marcus Stokes also has got to be thinking the same thing. What's your take on Alabama A&M offering Stokes? And uh, brings up, we were talking offline, the interesting dilemma that, uh, that that offer brings with it, given everything surrounding the Alabama A&M program. I mean, well, clearly, you know, any – any offer from any school at this point in, in time is going to be under the microscope, especially the one right down the road from where I'm sitting at right here in Huntsville, Alabama. I mean, clearly the coaching staff at Alabama A&M, you know, had to do their homework in, in that sense. Um, and then bring it to Coach Maynard as well, because, you know, they kind of have their recruiting coordinators and then Coach Maynard kind of signs off on the offers technically in, in that sense. So I'm pretty sure that, Quite frankly, you know, they, they did some things. They probably have, like, whatever understanding. As far as what I've seen, I haven't really seen much from, like, the A&M faithful saying, oh, this is a bad idea or whatever. Probably because of this, though. Remember, it's just an offer. It's not like he's signing. And I have to explain this to me, so many people all the time. An offer is one thing. A commit is one thing. But a true signing on the line, that's that's the game changer in that scenario. So, you know, if on Wednesday when I head over to Alabama A&M signing day thing and I do see his name up there, whatever, yeah, I'm going to ask Coach Manor about it uh, primarily because it's going to be a big talker for one, but two, hey, tell us what the process of this situation is, quite frankly, when it comes to what you're looking at with this young man and stuff uh, from there. So, like I said, I haven't really heard any flack or whatever and stuff, but it could become a game changer if the guy signs on a dotted line or whatever with uh well really with any school if you really really think about it first and foremost but if he signs on HBCU of course mag you know the magnifying glass is going to be intensified even more uh, look Joe Burrow got a second chance Cam Newton got a second chance somebody going to get this kid a second chance absolutely i, I think I so just... too and, and he also has an offer from uh, West Florida, which uh, is a Division II school. Ironically, they have Florida A&M on their schedule this upcoming year. They've been a strong uh, Division II program. Won the national championship just a uh, couple years ago, if I'm not mistaken, in D2. Yes, sir. They've only had a program like in since One of the first few years as a program <laughs> at that. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, now, interesting. I saw one of the comments by one of the uh, one of our one of our uh, uh, folks in the chat room that said that that offer should have gone to a deserving young African. We talk about the redemption, not necessarily being a redemption for for young white students, but that offer. And I'm paraphrasing because I'm I'm waiting on it to roll back through again. But he said that opportunity. I, I'm looking at it. Should have been. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Oh, read read it. Read it. Read what he says. Read what it says, Drew. So I don't mistake or misword it. HBCUs are not here to redeem quote unquote white folk. That that quarterback position should have been offered to a deserving black slash African American student athlete. And this do you want me to get a handle? Oh sure. I mean, because it flashed up. Okay. I appreciate he, I don't think okay. he's hiding from it. I appreciate his No, class. I just wonder it, it, it comes from African American Rattler Dad. 
now. Yeah. I'll, yeah. Only thing I'll go um, say before I, before I turn it over to you, I remember who our quarterback was three years ago. I I do too. I do too. For three and straight he was seasons, not African American. Yes. No, no, and the one we have right now is not African American. So I mean, I you know, uh, but what what's what's and the last when the basketball to... coach was not African American. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going down a road here. Don't don't go there. <laughs> if, you can, hey, if you can put if you can put that if you can hey. put the ball in the hole, if you can if you can hit if you can hit somebody on a rope, if you can throw ninety four miles an hour, I don't care what color you are. I I, I guess I guess I looked at. Oh, you got on green and orange. Yeah, I, if we are supposed to be better than then we're not supposed to to see race as a factor in all of this. We understand why our schools exist. I mean, you know, uh, we, we understand the history, though, those of us who, who have been in the history. But in terms of what athletic competition is, now, I mean, there are certain HBCU sports where you see limited number of guys who look like us on Baseball, the field, softball. right? <laughs> but I mean, know, let's be we, real. We Baseball, softball. Yeah, we we claim mm-hmm. all. We claim all the because two. they're representing they're representing our school, our university. Uh, Mo, what's your what's any thought or take when you hear that mindset? And again, I don't. We have. I haven't seen any backlash from Albany state folks. So if there is, so if there's like a faction of Albany state folks who are upset about this, they must've just, they must be the old folks who don't be on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and just dial directly <laughs> to uh, the president. You know what I'm saying? Oh, uh, so yeah. Yeah. Well, hell it, that's funny. Wrote a letter. Uh, <laughs> Mo, what's your, what's your take to, to that? mindset i mean you know to the guy who made the comment or whatever i mean you know he has every right to make his comment in that situation um but i'm just going to take a look at it like this um none of us are current coaches so we don't know what the needs of uh, a program is um in 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 the situation for like what coach gray has going on and whatnot so at the same time he was trying to just find a way to fill a need in in that situation and clearly you know, he he was seeing like, okay, look, there's a guy we know for sure is a, is a solid prospect or whatever, you know, black, orange, red, blue, whatever it is, you know, it's it, it's going to be. I mean, SWAC does have a, actually a pretty decent history of some pretty good white quarterbacks as well when you kind of, you know, take a look at it. and Or I, well, let me say, let me not say white, let me say non-African-American quarterbacks because when I think about it, I've seen some Latino quarterbacks. And I've also seen um, Jamison Lee, who was a Hawaiian quarterback at Alabama A&M several years ago. And, you you know, he put up some pretty solid numbers um, in Coach Spady's first couple of years. So, you know, clearly these guys are just trying to just fill a need just in in general. So you have to always just, you know, think about that in that situation. I mean, we all know what the histories of our universities are. We, we, we truly do know that, but also with evolution and things of that nature, it, it's going to happen. But coaches are going to recruit whoever they need to recruit to make some things happen. When I was at Southern University, one of my classmates was a baseball player named Frazier Hall. Frazier Hall, very, very down-to-earth guy. He was 
um, pretty solid or whatever when it comes to his speaking skills and, and all kind of things. Went on to become like, I think, a two-time SWAC player of the year. Frazier Hall was a white guy. And, you know, somebody did ask like, hey, man, dude, does it make you feel uncomfortable while you're around all these, you know, black and African-Americans and whatnot? And he always just said that, he basically said this. He was like, I was raised in a family in which from day one, look, there's going to be racism in this world or whatever, whatnot. You have to decide what side of the fence you're going to be on when it comes to that. And he was like, thankfully, my parents weren't on whatever side of the fence that uh, that basically didn't uh, that allowed him to be where he was or whatever today. But it was like, yeah, he's got along with any sort of um person here, there, and, and and everywhere. So, you know, and that's just one example. And there's many, many examples, you know, when you kind of just come back uh, to look at it. But going back to my original statement, hey, you know, coach is just looking to fill a need or whatever. It just so happens that there was some uh, baggage that came along with it that can be corrected as well. And like A.D. Drew said, I mean, yeah, Joe Burrow had a situation. Cam Newton had a situation. And at the at the end of the day, look at what ended up happening. Yeah, they didn't go to HBCUs, but they <laughs> – Yo, but they found some pretty good success the next few places they went. Yeah. Randy Boss got kicked out of Florida State, went to Marshall, had a good Absolutely. career. Absolutely. We'll be in the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Yep. Um, I did not realize that until I watched that Rand University uh, 30 for 30, which just blows my mind now to think I that at, Florida State could have had. I was at Tallahassee. Literally, Florida State could have had Peter Warwick on one side of the field and Randy Moss on the other side of the field. Ah, good God almighty. And Terrell Buckley was playing defense at that time, and I believe Warwick Dunn was would have been would have No, been it wasn't Warwick Dunn. Them. Warwick Dunn was in the league by now. You had the other guy that came from Catholic High in Baton Rouge, Travis Minor. Not Warwick Dunn. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah Travis yeah, Minor at yeah. the running back position. Yeah, there would have been a couple more uh, national championships. The, the year they lost to Florida, when Florida beat them in the national championship game, that game would have been flipped. Had ninety six, yeah, not in the Superdome. Yes, yeah, it would. You could have had a couple more. Yeah, it's who Lord, just just the, the what ifs, you know, the what right, ifs. Right. So, um, um, Mo, uh, we we definitely appreciate your time jumping in, joining us this evening. Um, as we talk recruiting, uh, national signing days coming up for Alabama A and M. Any other news you can share? Regarding Alabama AM, uh, I was I, I just happened to be watching a replay of their game against Prairie View. I'm talking basketball. That new arena mm-hmm. is lovely. I've got to it get up there. That new nice. arena looks great on TV. I, I you know, and and uh, I think this is the game that they beat up the women, beat up on Prairie View uh women and uh but anyway what any what's going on around alabama a&m anything you can share any stories you're covering this upcoming week well obviously it's uh national signing day so we'll see who coach Maynard and company um bring in they didn't really do i say didn't do i know they were recruiting during the early period or whatever but they didn't really make a many announcements like they did last year so it'll be interesting to see whether they go to the well to actually get their guys last year they tried to fill up on the transfer portals some of those things just didn't work out or whatever. As we see, it's not going to work out for everybody. So I'm curious to see who they're going to bring on board this upcoming year. And, you know, there's some transition with, you know, several guys or whatever leaving the program. But when I say leaving, I have to do the air quotes because, you know, uh, with the exception of uh, a dude for Ty Ibrahim, who actually is still an un- 
know, in undergrad, whatever years, a lot of other guys who have now, quote unquote, left, they had already graduated, you know, and thanks to COVID and red shirt things or whatever, you were looking at a lot of guys who were about to be in their fifth, maybe even sixth year on campus or whatever. And clearly you got to make way for new players uh, in, in that scenario. I know Gary Crawls is uh, one of those guys and kind of mentioned he's heading over to UNLV now. Uh, so, like I said, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with them on Wednesday from the signing day standpoint. The women's basketball team is currently tied for second in the SWAC. Uh, they lost in the overtime, like buzzer beater, if I'm not mistaken, or whatever. So, next – well, they play Bethune-Cookman tomorrow. If they win, the next week's game against Southern will – be for sole possession of uh, second place. So that's going to be pretty big. And then, you know, the men, they're still middle of the pack, but they're they're coming along. So it'll be interesting to see how things are going um, with them. And um, I know baseball season is getting ready to go uh, go full swing. Coach Elliott, he's actually was a classmate of mine at Southern University. He's got a good nucleus of guys, so we'll see what happens or whatever with him. I think he's kind of realized, like, okay, we got to get some Ws and all that going on. But one other thing, Brian, uh, that new arena man, yeah, uh, it, it is definitely nice. It's state-of-the-art, and they are actually in the process of hosting other events. For example, the Alabama uh, Community College Athletic Association, they're going to have their conference tournament here uh, first week of March, if I'm not mistaken, inside that arena. So that's going to be you know pretty good. So you'll see like Gaston State, Shelton State, Sneed State, Bishop, all those um, pretty good basketball programs in the state on the JUCO level, they'll all be here in Huntsville playing for a championship inside that arena. And then there's a few other things that I've kind of heard through the grapevine or whatever, but I don't want to be that person to actually like share it just yet. But there's some there's some some pretty good things coming up not from an upgrades and facility standpoint. That's not just the basketball. Uh, arena as well but i'll uh i'll let the ad talk about that he was in um he was a pretty good twitter space a few weeks ago talking about some things that he's got that he's going to propose to the board and hopefully everything's going to uh, work itself out with that coming forth but um besides that yeah that's what's going on here in huntsville as far as me personally you can catch me tomorrow on the miles college basketball broadcast uh, as miles college takes on spring hill SIAC matchup. The women's game tips off at 6.30 Eastern, 5.30 Central. The men will follow right after that. Uh, I'll be on the broadcast tomorrow on BCSN, HBCU League Pass Plus. Download the app, go to the YouTube page, all that jazz. Same place we can find y'all. You can find the same place for the basketball stuff as well. It'll also be interesting to see can Miles bounce back after tough losses on yesterday as well against a Spring Hill team that they just played about eight days ago. So that'll be the big storyline with that. Well yes. said, Mo. Great plug, man. I, uh, Drew, he he did the plugs for you, Brian. Exactly. He's a professional. <laughs> you know, we're just we're just living in this in this space in the same internet that he's on. Oh, the so, same uh, internet space that everybody lives on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to. Right, hey, Mo, man. We we appreciate <laughs> you. Uh, have a have a oh, real quick since it's championship Saturday. Obviously, the Eagles won. Um, any 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 uh, preference here? Bengals and Chiefs. Uh, obviously, the Chiefs are up right now, but any preference on who you want to see come out in that game? Um, not necessarily. I mean, I, I think 
at this point, we've seen both the Bengals and Chiefs be in the Super Bowl, so you kind of know what's going to ex- you know what to expect, uh, regardless or whatever. I mean, clearly storylines are going to be pretty high on on both team. Well, either one of those teams. I see what the Chiefs are leading thirteen to three right now. So, um, so clearly, at the end of the day, you kind of look at it. Whatever the storyline is going to be, the main one's going to be the quarterback battle. It's going to be Jalen Hurts against either Joe Burrow or it's going to be Jalen Hurts against Patrick Mahomes. If we get Jalen Hurts versus Patrick Mahomes, then you can say, oh, it's the first time, you know, um, two black quarterbacks going head to head in this situation, um, you know, with that. But or if you get Joe Burrow, then you've got former SEC quarterbacks going uh, going back and forth or whatever. So you get that Alabama versus LSU uh, pride stuff going in there because basically you would have Jalen Hurst, Devontae Smith, quarterback, wide receiver against Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, quarterback, wide receiver from opposing rival teams or whatever. So, you know, you know, for me, for the Eagles side, I'm pretty good with that because that gives me an additional connection or whatever to make some uh, things happen. Plus, the Eagles have uh, Quez Watkins, one of their wide receivers. He's from the Huntsville area by way of Athens High School. So that's another local connection we'll have is that because Fox has the Super Bowl this year. Super Bowl's on our channel. So guess who's got to do a lot of extra content going into Super Bowl week? This guy. So, yeah, you know, I'm I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be some fun stuff um, uh, coming through, actually. I just downloaded the Eagles highlights that I'll toss on the timeline and send shortly over, and then we'll get those Chiefs and Bengals ones, and we'll make it happen uh, one way or the other. But I think this year's Super Bowl is going to be exciting no matter whoever the Eagles face, quite frankly. Well said. Mo, uh, we appreciate you, man. Uh, have a good show tonight. Have a great broadcast tomorrow, and uh, we always uh, look forward to uh, hearing you in wherever and whatever space you're on, Mo. Uh, again, Mo Carter, WZDX, Huntsville, Alabama, sports director, uh, Southern alum, all around great broadcaster. Uh, make sure you guys follow Mo on and Twitter. Just a, and just a good uh, guy the, in general. There you go. Mo, give out the Twitter handle so they can find you. Yes, sir. You can find me on Twitter at Mo Carter Fox 54. And then also on uh, Facebook, you can uh, find me at Mo Carter uh, WZDX News. All right. All right. Thank you, Mo. Hey, have a good night now. Uh, let's go to a break, Drew. Come back and wrap it up with some basketball talk uh, on the other side. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. We'll be back in just a moment. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watts and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. Mobile banking from Truist actually works for you. It gives you simple, smart, personalized insights to keep you one step ahead because we think that's the kind of control you deserve over your money. When you start with care, you get a different kind of bank. Truist. 
Download the mobile app now. At Tyson, we know taste is local. Some like their beef pit smoked, their chicken spiced all the way up, or their pork sweet and saucy. Local flavors, global impact. That's what feeding the world is all about. It's like a loot machine. Your ad could be ran here. MyJBN.com backslash support. MyJBN.com backslash support for more information. Time to call a credit repair company to fix my credit. Hold the phone, man. You can do it yourself with Credit Versio. That's way too hard. Call the credit repair company. Most credit repair companies only work on one or two accounts at a time, making it slow and expensive. You won't figure that out for months. <laughs> Ignore him. Credit Versio's brilliant software scans all three credit bureaus, finds the accounts that are hurting your score, and guides you through the entire process. Anyone can do it. Let's fast forward and see the results. Wow, I fixed my own credit and saved hundreds. You can do this. Visit creditversio.com. At CDW, we get speed as the new currency of success. Our team spends way too much time tending to outdated applications and software when they should be focused on driving application agility and innovation. CDW Amplify Development Services modernizes software and application development to help accelerate innovation and digital transformation. So you mean building new applications, UI, and mobile interfaces? Well, you said you needed to innovate more quickly. Oh, so he's a listener. To do more at scale, trust CDW Amplify Development Services. This is the BCSN Pod Zone, your place for the news, views, and conversations about all things related to HBCU athletics. Here the BCSN Sports Wrap, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, Knights of the Round Table, The Pre-Game Show, The Carlos Brown Show, The ONG Strike Zone, and more in one place. We are changing the way you consume HBCU Sports one It's like a loot machine Hey, welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and AD here. Appreciate Mo Carter for joining us in that last segment. Uh, it's uh, halftime of the NFC Championship game. So, uh, you know, Drew and I are hopefully we made a pledge to try to be finished with this show so that at least we can watch the second half. Right, Drew? Right. That means we need to get in and get out during day 15 minutes. <laughs> exactly right uh okay so let's kind of uh let's backtrack for a second let's talk um uh bless you 
let's let's go through some of the happenings. Actually, our BCSC in top five for this week. Now, we've only got the women. We're only going to talk about the women's on the show, but uh, we'll release. Excuse me. We'll release the the full men and women's top five. That'll be available tomorrow. Uh, so we'll release that out tomorrow. Uh, so um, let's uh, let's go through. Let's talk about the women, Drew. Let's talk about the uh, the women's um, top five. I don't think you didn't. You don't have. Do we have graphics? We don't have graphics, right? No, no, the graphics weren't so ready. All right, so this is so you're just going to go through and, and all right, let's let's go let's go through it. It's on you, boss. All right, we'll start with the NAIA level, <clears throat> and we'll start off with our Edna Hunt teams. Brian, here's something about all of the teams that we are going to mention on this NAIA level. Every team that's either Edna Hunt or the top five has double digit victories on the season, Brian. So uh, every team with double digits is will be reflected in this ranking. So we'll start off with our Edna Hunt. Coming in at 12 and 9, 6 and 6, 56, 56 points, 56.3 points. Xavier, the Gold Nuggets of Xavier, Louisiana. Coming in just ahead of them. 12 and 7, 5 and 6 in conference, 56.4 points are the Tigers of Steelman College. Coming in at uh, slightly ahead of them, update to their record. They are now 12 and 10, 7 and 9. We'll put a pin in that 57.16 points. And finishing off our end of the hunt teams, is Wiley 12 and 6, 3 and 4, 59.4. Brian, before I get to the top five, do, do we need to talk about that Langston team that is now 12 and 10, 79? Because coming before you looked at it, they were originally 13 and 6, 8 and 5. So let's talk about that one, Brian. Yeah, so apparently Langston had three particular games. December 1st, December 2nd, and December 10th, I think, is the other date. Uh, or, or so whatever the third game was after that December 2nd Ten. game. What, what, that, the first, third, and 10th. Okay, so I had it right. First, second, yeah. and 10th. Um, and they had to forfeit those games. Um, this is something that just occurred, um, or at least sort of flashed across our flash across our desk so to speak uh we we didn't uh i i we haven't seen any i haven't seen any reports as to why nothing listed on the langston university athletic web pages uh we've we've reached out we're reaching out to people to try to get some understanding of what happened uh why it may have occurred uh we'd only be speculating which we've kind of done on our own. Offline. Uh, I don't know if you want. If, yeah, I don't know if you no. care to share your speculation. No, I, okay, we won't. I, we won't do that. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to put it. But th there are some That's common nice. things that uh, tend to occur 
at the timing of these forfeitures and anyone who's been around athletics may know what I'm talking about, but I don't want to put out a false narrative without being able to get any type of confirmation because I don't want to be the one who's who started starting rumors or anything like that. Uh, also noted, Brian, there was a fourth game that they played during that time. I believe that was December 12th, a game which Langston lost. But uh, looking at the at the pattern, probably if they would have won that game, that probably would have also been forfeited also. And usually, we, I will say this, usually when you forfeit right there, it has something to do with a player issue uh, participation in a game. That's the, that's about the only thing that I will put out. Nine times out of ten, that is what happens. But beyond that, what, why, how, I don't I don't want to comment on anything else. But when you give up games, that means there was some type of illegal participation. All right. So we'll wait to kind of hear back and find out what happened there at Langston. Uh, but that's a team who was trending in the right direction in terms of wins and losses, especially early on in the season. And so now they're sort of sitting middle of the pack in the SAC uh, when I seven and nine, I believe, is currently their conference uh, record. So, yeah. All right. Let, uh, they were the uh, now we go to top five. We're top five in the yeah, now. Go to top five. Yeah. Appearing for the first time in BCSN rankings history in our top five. Arkansas Baptist. Yes, Arkansas Baptist has transitioned from a two-year school to a four-year school playing on the NAI level, NAIA level, coming in at 11 to 5, 3-0. They are an independent, but they are 3-0 and in the independent, quote-unquote, conference, as they call it. They come in with 68.6 points. Coming in at number four with 11-6 record. Five and two out of the GCAC, 71.5 points of is Fisk coming in at number three, 14 and four, five and two in that same GCAC, 77.3 points for Landon Smith. Coming in at number two, Brian, out of the Sun Conference down there in Florida, 14 and five, eight and one in conference, 83.6 points, Florida Memorial. And uh, remaining our number one team, I believe, for the third week in a row, Brian, if I have that correct, are the Bearcats of Russ College coming in at 13-3, in the GCAC Conference, 92.6 points. I believe I saw Rust is ranked 23rd in the nation. In yes. the uh, NEIA polls, 23rd in the nation, last rankings that came out. So congratulations to Coach Jackson over there and Rust. Uh, uh, they continue to do – they continue to make waves. They continue to do big things. Uh, let's go to the uh, NCAA D2. All right, Brian, looking at the NCAA D2, uh, Brian, there are, count them, 17 women – Division two programs that are HBCUs that have attained double-digit victories at this point in time in the season, Brian. 17 of them. Only one of those 17 is under 500, that being Virginia Union at 10 and 11. 
And there is one other one who is at 500, that being Bluefield State at 10 and 10. But we just, we're giving them some love, but they are not in the hunt or in our top five. Just want to give those some love, though. But there are 17 of them. We can only take five in, in, in the ranking. We're going to add a couple more just to show them some love. So let's start off with our in the hunt schools, Brian. Coming in 12 and 8, 8 and 3 in conference, 70, 70.9 points are the Bulldogs of Bowie State. Coming in just ahead of them, 13 and 6, 9 and 5 in conference, 72.2 points are the Golden Bears of Miles College. Coming in just ahead of them. Or the Vikings of Elizabeth City State, 14 and 6, 74 in the CIAA, 72.3 points. And our final in the hunt team are the Rams of Winston-Salem State, 12 and 7, 8 and 3 in the Evertough CIAA, 73, excuse me, 74 points. All right, here we go. Top five. Coming in at number five, Brian. The Tigers of Savannah State, 14 and 5, 10 and 4 in the SIAC, 77.7 points. That's a lot of sevens, Brian. We need to go, we need to go to the casino with that one. Whatever you got to put seven. All right, coming in just ahead of them at number four. The Broncos of Fayetteville State. 13 and 6, 9 and 2, 78 points even, 78 points even coming in ahead of them. They're, they're, I would say brethren, but I guess they're sisters from the CIAA, the, the school furthest to the north in the CIAA, the Lions of Lincoln. 15 and 6, 9 and 2 in the CIAA, 70. 9.6 points. Coming in at number two, our forgotten HBCU. That would be the Yellow Jackets of West Virginia State. 16 and 3, 11 and 3 in the Mountain East Conference. 85.3 points. And were it not for this team, they would be the number one. But whenever you go and O in conference, at this point in season, Brian, and that being 14 of them, 17 and 3 overall, that would be the Tigerettes of my Tuskegee University. As best of a ranking as you can possibly get, Brian, to this point, 98.1 points. Uh, we Who was number three again? Savannah State, Fayetteville was four. Who was three? Lake. Lincoln, PA. Lincoln, PA. Okay. West Virginia State is um, two and Tuskegee is one. What is West Virginia State's conference record? West Virginia State is 11 and 3. 11 and 3. Okay. Yes. Um, okay. Yeah, Tuskegee looks really good, that women's team. Um they look tough. Uh, I noticed number and they five. They could beat Savannah you any State. kind of way. Tuskegee can beat you with, in a in a shootout, or they could beat you in a grinded out defensive battle game. 
That's what makes him so dangerous. Yeah, uh, I, I mentioned I saw Savannah State. Uh, obviously, we had the Savannah State versus Benedict game, part of our Super Saturday. Uh, got beat by 20 on the road at Benedict. Uh, so uh, that's, uh, again, I think the SIC is shaping up. It's going to be an interesting tournament. I think the the advantage Savannah State's women will have is that the, that the, the tournament is at Savannah State. Yeah, it, it'll be a home game. So, you know, obviously you want to be on the other side of the seating from Tuskegee. You At this point, you don't want to be on Tuskegee's side. So, you know, Savannah State has to keep winning. Uh, you mentioned uh, Miles. Really, that's the only other team that is sort of in, you know, of course, in our in the hunt there. Uh, so they've got to watch out. In terms of the CIAA, uh, Fayetteville State is first in the Southern Division. Lincoln PA is first in the Northern Division. Both of them have nine and two conference records. Uh, uh, Lincoln has a slightly better overall record by a couple of games, but uh, so so that that's a seeding opportunity. But but Fayetteville State and Lincoln only have a one game lead over Winston Salem and Bowie State, respectively, in terms of the South and Northern Division. So um, there's a lot of winning that still has to happen. Uh, you know, it's going to be a two-team race, it looks like, in the Southern Division, unless somebody gets hot. Uh, right now in the Northern Division of the CIAA, it's about a three-team race. Elizabeth City State is sitting two games behind Lincoln. Yeah. One other thing, Brian, talk about the teams in the SIAC. Don't sleep on Miles because Miles does the one thing that will get them a championship. Defense travels. Defense is, is a premium during the tournament, and Miles probably plays defense as good, if not better, than anybody else in that conference. True. True. Yeah. All right, let's go over to the D1 side. All right, moving over to the D1 side. We will start off with our In the Hunt teams. In the Hunt coming in at 9 and 11, 63 in conference. That would be Prairie View A&M, 58.8 points. Coming in just ahead of them, Lady Bison of Howard University. They are 8 and 11, 4 and 259 points. And our last in the hunt team would be our good friend Bo Carter's uh, favorite team, the Alabama AM Bulldogs. Well, I won't say his favorite team, the team where he, that he covers, the Alabama AM Lady Bulldogs, coming in 8 and 10. 62, 64.3 points. All right, coming in at number five, Bowl Carter's favorite team. <laughs> that would be the that would be the Jaguars of Southern University coming in nine and ten, six and two. 64.5 points. Notice I said Alabama AM, 64.3 points. And Bo Carter talked about how close these two teams were in the standings on the women's side right. so and the and our rankings reflect that coming in at number four hey none other than jackson state 10 and 8 71 in conference 78.4 points coming in at number three 
North Carolina A&T State, 13-6, in the CAA. They are 81.5 points. Got two teams left out there, Brian. You haven't seen this. I'm looking at this. You know who these two teams – you know who the two teams are that are I out do. there? I want to see if we get right. Okay, go ahead and tell me who the team, two teams are. Tell me who you think is one and who you think is two. Well, they just played a one-versus-two matchup uh, this past Monday. Uh, and I, I'm curious to see uh, number two beat number one. So I'm curious to see if number two is now number one this week. So, and I mean, Brian, do, do I tell you to go ahead. I mean, the teams we're talking about are Morgan State and Norfolk State. Norfolk State. So, Correct. Norfolk State was the two last week beating the one Norfolk State. Now, the question, Drew, is does did the, the computer rankings, recognize did, did the computer Did the computer recognize that win and move Morgan State to number one? And, Brian, by golly. It did by the slimmest of margins, Brian. Ooh, the computers. Okay, 12, computer. 12, 12 and 6, 5-0, and 87.7 points for Morgan State. Mm. 17 and 4, 5-1, 87.5 points, Norfolk State. Wow. Wow. That's... That's huge. Um, yeah, la- last Monday, Morgan and Norfolk State had a one-versus-two matchup. Of course, Norfolk State was the number one team in our ranking. Morgan State was the two. Morgan State won 57-45. to 45. Uh, The Bears are still unbeaten in conference play, 5-0. Uh, and 0. Norfolk State is 5-1 and one in conference play. Um, I- I makes me, it makes you wonder, Drew, with – the fact that you had a three – I'm curious that Norfolk State has some games in their uh, in their 17-4 and four record that weren't uh, NCAA D1 opponents. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't know if I'm, – I'm curious because there's only really a – you know, Morgan is 12-6 and six overall. Both teams are unbeaten at home. So – it, it when they when they play the rematch when the rematch happens in North at Norfolk State that'll be a game worth uh, worth watching and paying attention to for sure. All right, sure. I'm, I'm quickly going to go down uh, Norfolk's uh, schedule: Penn State, College of Charleston, Appalachian State. Wait, excuse me, excuse me, Purdue, Fort Wayne, Tennessee, Barton, Marshall. Campbell, Hampton. VUL. Steven Gaither said they played VUL, so that that's there's one game right there. I, and, and, and just for just for the record, we don't count that as far as computing in the BCSN rankings, right. although it, it is counted on their overall record. But as far as their, their which is why I was schedule, saying why the that. why the gap why the gap would be so close is probably because of that. That's what I'm. Games that's like why that. I asked that question. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So definitely, those, these, those Steven, are the games that we counted. Yeah, yeah. Hey, and yeah, also, I gotta get. I want to give some. Play. I want to give some flowers to uh, North Carolina A and T's women, uh, sitting in sole possession of first place in the Colonial 
after uh, a win today, Sunday, they won. Now, now again, let me just preface. These rankings are based on games completed before, on Saturday. Before today's games were final. Right. So North Carolina A&T's win today did not factor – in two, but they beat the College of Charleston today, 76 to six, uh, 76 71, closing the game out on a 10 0 run. Uh, reading here from off of their uh, website, uh, Jordan Dorsey had a career high 21 points, Demaya Tucker 18 points, Jasmine Harris recorded a double double with 14 points, 10 rebounds. Uh, three wins in a row for the Aggies, Aggie Pride. Uh, fourteen and six overall, eighteen and eight and one in conference play. Go ahead, Aggies. I'm, I'm, hey, I'm, I'm a, I'm a believer. Look, this is a program that 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 sh- has shown itself, especially over the last few years. We saw what they did in the MEAC, and so it's good to see that they're having success in the CAA, uh, a conference that. You know, obviously, if they come out of that is a is a multi bid league, uh, the yeah. opportunities for more than one team to come out of it are there. So if A and T can continue to win, stay at the top of the uh, of the table, so to speak, uh, good for them. Good for them. Um, hey, hey Brian, so, uh, just just some numbers yeah. to throw out here before we get off of here. On the Division One level, the current longest winning streak amongst our HBCUs is Morgan State, with winners of five in a row. Uh, next longest winning streak would be Jackson State, with four in a row, and then A and T, who you just mentioned, now has won their third in a row, along with uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff, the winners of three three in a row. So those are the longest winning streaks, current winning streaks on the. Division one level for uh, women. Taking a look at the Division two level, with West Virginia State losing this week. Tuskegee now owns the longest winning streak among Division two women. Winners of eight in a row. Next longest streak would be Kentucky State. Winners of four in a row and Clark Atlanta. Winners of four in a row along with Booby State, who have all won four in a row. So those are your next longest uh, winning streaks on the Division II level. And, and of course, I'm not going to talk about losing streaks. And on the NAIA level, Russ has the longest current winning streak at eight consecutive, followed by Brian, Arkansas Baptist, winners of five in a row. Also, the winners of five in a row would be uh, Florida Memorial, winners of five in a row. And the next longest one after that would be Philander Smith, winners of four in a row. So those are your teams that have gone streaking over the last couple of weeks on the women's side in basketball. Nice, nice. Uh, Let me, before we break out, I got to talk some men's hoops for a second because – I'm finding I'm okay. Well, hold on. Let me go back for a second. Let me go back for a second. Women swag basketball is legitimately worth paying attention to this year. Uh, Obviously, you know, Jackson state women have sort of 
and maybe with the exception of Alabama State, they've been the cream of the crop, without a doubt. But when I look at the standings, Jackson State right now is sitting at seven and one in conference, leading top. But behind them, you've got three schools with six wins: Southern, Alabama A&M, who just lost to uh, to FAMU on the road. That's a good win for the Rattlers. Uh, Oriyami time uh, she showed out, um, and then Prairie View sitting at six and three, and then you've got. Alabama State and Bethune-Cookman and Arkansas Pine Bluff with five wins, two wins. So basically that's two wins in the column behind Jackson State. So again, three, four, five, six, seven. That top set, that's the top seven, Drew, all within two games of Jackson State. So nothing easy for Jackson State as we approach the halfway point which I think after Monday night's games, we will officially be at the halfway point in the SWAC. We'll be at the flip spot. Potentially, yeah, we'll be at the flip spot where you potentially will have a top seven that we'll be watching possibly shuffle up and down on a consistent nightly basis. And uh, Grambling at four and four in conference play is sitting in that eight spot. So there are a couple schools that are chasing Grambling for that eight spot, but it'll be interesting. Okay, going to the men's basketball. I'm going to talk about the MIAC for a second because uh, on Monday, we we hyped it up. Obviously, Monday, Morgan State, Norfolk State played on Monday. Uh, if, you, if you listen to me, I told you take the points with Morgan. I think I told people. Did I tell people to take the points in Morgan last Monday, Drew? Did I not give that winner out? I almost I should have told him to take remember. the money line. I I, I feel remember. like I did, but if I if I didn't, I apologize. Cha-ching. You know, uh, there's State nobody on the covering, covering five points on the money line. Morgan State with a 77-71 win over Norfolk State. Um and then Morgan State kind of slipped and lost to Dell State by two on Saturday. So they had a chance to kind of be sitting in first place, but now they're sitting in second place behind a pair of schools that also got some big wins. How about Howard University? Uh, Interesting. Remember that whole Howard-Norfolk State little controversy thing, that whole – that the the technical foul and all that stuff that happened with players jumping on the floor. my bad. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, uh, <laughs> since since how since that game, Howard has won five in a row or four in a row since they won that game. Uh, they're five and one now, sitting tied for first place in the MEAC. Um, and they're also sitting there in first place with Maryland Eastern Shore, who they are five and one. Um, they got a big win over North Carolina Central, so. Talk about a tough week for North Carolina Central. On the you lose to Maryland Eastern Shore by one point, 59-58. That was a big money line. I'm going to tell you, Drew, that was a seven-point game. That's a big money line for Maryland Eastern Shore on Monday night. That's all I'm going to tell you. Uh, But I stayed away because I I just didn't know if Maryland Shore was ready for that contest yet. Okay, they're ready. They won. Uh, And then North Carolina Central – played Howard on Saturday, 
Uh, Howard had to rally to win that game. And so North Carolina Central, having lost two games in a row, now they go on the road for the second uh, night in a row, traveling to Norfolk State tomorrow night, 7 p.m. on ESPNU. Norfolk State, 4-2 and two in conference play. Um, I'm not going to overhype this and say, oh, this is a must-win game for North Carolina Central. I'm not going to hype it. At, but let's just say this is a big – this a, when, when you've lost two tough games like North Carolina Central has and you got to go on the road to Norfolk State, I'm looking at the – I don't know what the line is yet, Drew, but I'm going to tell you now, I might be shading some points towards North Carolina Central. That's my, that's my HBCU Monday night play of the day. Be looking at North Carolina Central. I say if you see the line anywhere greater than five points – put money on North Carolina Central. I'm just telling you now. Anything over, I'd say four and a half. Anything over four and a half, put it on North Carolina Central. Might even slip some on the money line, Drew, because I'm telling you, North Carolina Central has lost some tough games. Uh, they, they're very capable of winning. Uh, also a game that'll be worth watching and paying attention to, Maryland Eastern Shore at Morgan State. Uh, so who knows, man. Every I feel like every day, there's an opportunity for some shuffling of uh, of the standings in the uh, in the MIAC. Um, so that's uh, that's that. Uh, I will say uh, the HBCU Go game of the night in the MIAC will be uh, Alabama State at Florida A&M. So it'll be the uh, one opportunity that the Florida A&M Rattlers get. To beat, see when you when you're when you're Florida A and M Drew and you're not winning a lot, they don't put you on TV a lot. It's like they do that in the NFL, they do that apparently in college basketball too. So anyway, this is the this is the Rattlers one game on HBCU Go, if I'm not mistaken. So that'll be uh, uh, televised. Let's see if I look at the standings, the men's game. Is a probably an eight o'clock women probably a five thirty so it's think of five thirty and eight o'clock against Alabama State uh, Jackson State and Southern will be a big contest for the men on Monday uh, as Southern is kind of sitting in first place all by themselves at seven and one Grambling Alcorn UAPB all sitting a game to a game and a half behind them all with six wins. So uh, should be an interesting opportunity for those teams. Uh, any other any other basketball? And again, our, our top five for the men's will come out tomorrow. We will drop those uh, out tomorrow, right, Drew? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. I any think other... we covered all of the basketball news. All right, good, good. We got a good one going on in the NFC, AFC. Cincinnati um, tied it up 13-13. So, Drew, we got ourselves a good ball game here to uh, to turn off. Uh, when we get done with the show, we'll turn on the TV and we'll watch the rest of the AFC. Um, you're going for Kansas City, as I think you said earlier. I'm going with Cincinnati. Um, got to go with the uh, – Got to go with the uh, Borough Bengals. Who they? Who they? Or is it who that? It's who they? Who they? 
right? Who they? They some, anyway. they gonna be some L's okay. tonight. That's who they gonna be. <laughs> hey, uh, we appreciate you guys joining in on discussion and commentary. Please feel free to to keep it going. Uh, we there's a lot of uh, interesting thoughts out there. Appreciate all you guys on YouTube and Facebook for joining in, sharing your thoughts. Uh, clearly, there'll be more to talk about in the days to come. Uh, make sure you're following the BCSN Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at mybcsn1. Follow Drew on Twitter at BCSN Drew, D D R E W. You can find me at DRB365. And uh, go download the Jericho Broadcast Network's app on your Google Play and Apple App Store. My JBN, my BCSN is where you can find it. And then the podcast will be streaming all of the shows. In case you missed the Carlos Brown show from Saturday, it's on the BCSN Pod Zone. So everywhere that you listen and download the podcast, just go download BCSN Pod Zone. Search for it. You can even tell Amazon Music, hey, Alexa, play BCSN Pod Zone, and it will come up. I promise you, you'll be amazed. It's amazing technology. The same internet space that other professionals use, we're on it too. That's Professionals all and That's amateurs. All Professionals and amateurs. We're all in this. We're all in this together. All right. Anyway, uh, <laughs> one final reminder, Drew. Oh, Drew, you're, 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 is this your? Is this a virtual? Uh, this is a retweet here. This is what you call a a show retweet. I'm gonna show retweet this. Uh, right, you brought it up. To, I just uh, decided to put it out there. Put it back on there to remind. Yeah, shout out to. Shout out to all the HBCU content providers. Uh, I know I saw uh, Stephen Gaither jump in. Make sure you check out those guys at HBCU Game Day. Great content as always. Check out HBCU Nightly on the Spaces, uh, Twitter Spaces. Uh, BJ Jones uh, and the X's and O's podcast and his Spaces. I know that'll be coming out. That'll be that'll be fun. That'll be fun to kind of watch them actually, you know, kind of breaking down, um, you know, breaking down the X's and O's. Uh, so that'll be, that'll be fun to watch what them do, what they do. Uh, Dr. Cavill's in the house. Make sure to watch inside the HBCU Sports Lab Tuesday night, 7 Eastern, 6 Central, right here on the Black College Sports Network. And uh, again, uh, the broadcast uh, you can watch right here on the Black College Sports Network and HBCU League Pass Plus of Miles College in Spring Hill. And Mo Carter, our guest on tonight's show, Mo Carter will be doing play-by-play for that game. And so we look forward to, uh, uh, to, to watching that. And thank you to everybody for all your support. Go find a way. Look in the description. There's a, several ways that you can donate and subscribe and help us keep this thing moving in the right direction. So all of your help and all of your support is appreciated. Uh, that's going to do it for tonight's show for AD Drew. Uh, for our guest, Mo Carter, that came on today, I am Brian Fulford. Uh, we will see you next time, next week, next Sunday. Fly, Eagles, fly. Uh, on to the Super Bowl they go, and we'll see who they play a little bit later tonight. That's going to be it.
Peace out, everybody. Wahala. But you must stay on hard.